This is Infants on Thrones. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and this is episode 673, How to Marry Mormon, Part 1. That's How to Marry a Mormon, Part 1. It's a throwback episode. This is a silly little screenplay that I wrote many, many, many years ago, and we got the entire panel together back July 2015 to just rip it apart and just have fun with it. And uh, it's a two-parter, so you're going to get part one today, part two tomorrow. How to Marry a Mormon. Enjoy. Is this real? It is a screenplay starring himself. Agent Michael Scarn. Of the FBI. How long is this? Oh, Pam, good work. Do we all have our copy of Threat Level Midnight by Michael Scott? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get this started. I'm going to be reading the action descriptions. And Phyllis, I would like you to play Captain Zeta Jones. That's the character's name? Hey, oh, you yeah. guys should not be doing this. Why not, Dwight? This is a movie. I mean, this is for all of America to enjoy. You took something that doesn't belong to you. Dwight. You brought it in here. Do you want of it. to play the lead role of Agent Michael Scarn? Inside the FBI, Agent Michael Scarn sits with his feet up on his desk. Catherine Zeta-Jones enters. Sir, you have some messages. Not now! They're important. Okay. What are they? First message is, I love you. That's for me. Not in a thousand years, Catherine. We work together. And get off my desk. If it isn't my old partner, Samuel L. Chang. Agent Michael Scarn, you lost some weight. Thank you for noticing. Michael Scarn takes out a 9mm gun and shoots the kid to the Ha ha ha, Agent Michael Scarn, you so funny. Word. This is Infants on Thrones. The philosophies of men mingled with humans. We are the core. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and today we have a very different kind of Smackdown-type episode than we've ever had before, because today we're not smacking down a blog post or an essay from LDS.org or anything else like that. We're smacking down one of us. More specifically, we're smacking down me. So let me set the stage for you. I'm a creative person, and before I got involved with podcasting, I had other creative outlets. I've written songs, created murder mystery games, dabbled with blogging, started novels that I've never actually finished, and from about 1997 to 2003, in my spare time, just for fun, I wrote screenplays. Is this real? It is a screenplay. Starring himself. I wrote a bunch of screenplays. I was a member of a, a website called Zoetrope where you could exchange your screenplays and you read other people's screenplays and they read yours. And, you know, it was something fun that I did for several years. And in 2002, two movies came out that influenced me to write the screenplay that we're going to smack down for you today. 
The first movie was called Singles Ward, which many of you are familiar with, I'm sure, and is a super cheesy, very safe, mildly critiquing movie about Mormon culture. And the second was My Big Fat Greek Wedding, another cheesy comedy which uses the fish-out-of-water device to explore the peculiarities of Greek culture. So I thought, hey, why not combine the two and write My Big Fat Mormon Wedding? So I did, and I called it How to Marry a Mormon, and it's also super cheesy, intentionally so. Now there's three main storylines that all converge in the end, so just to avoid any confusion up front, let me set this up for you briefly. Our main storyline focuses on Jill, a Mormon girl in New York City who falls in love with Jack. That's right, Jack and Jill. A non-Mormon guy and brings him home to meet her Utah Mormon family. Zany zaniness ensues, especially when her dad recruits them both for his Christmas roadshow, A Very Nephite Christmas. Our second storyline follows Elder Jared Moore, who learns that his former girlfriend, Jill, is getting serious with a non-Mormon guy. So he decides to go AWOL from his Mexico City mission, and he books it back up to Utah to try and talk some sense into her. And then the third storyline is Jack's ex-girlfriend in New York, who also wants to stop him from getting with this Mormon girl. So she recruits this dweeby Jack Mormon guy to take her cross-country to confront Jack in Utah. And I want to apologize up front for how cheesy this is. Now remember, a lot of this is meant to be cheesy. But, as you'll hear, I was also writing about things that I really didn't have any experience with and really didn't have any clue about. Like falling in love in New York City, or how women actually think, and act, and talk. I was going for an intentionally heightened reality... Uh, like a rom-com type reality that I only knew from watching movies and I was really looking to critique Mormon culture because the other thing that was going on for me in 2002 was I was finishing up several years of graduate school in folklore where I've been looking very closely at Mormon culture and I was writing a dissertation on Mormon humor. So How to Marry a Mormon not only became this fantastic time-wasting diversion from writing my dissertation, It also became a way for me to gently critique Mormon culture and to start working through the angst I felt about being part of this elitist, but naive, myopic, ethnocentric religion and folk group. So, this is what you'll be hearing today, and we have all eight infants taking part, so it gets a little rowdy at times. And for now, at least, we only have part one recorded, which is a reading of the first half of the script. I'm sure we'll get to the second half sometime. Maybe. If these guys will ever talk to me again after this. It gets a little brutal. But here it is, Smacking Down Glenn, the would-be sort of Mormon screenwriter. Enjoy. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? All right. This is the first time that we've had all eight of us on. We've never had eight before. Uh, Ever? Ever? No, because we had had seven with... uh, Delin. Delin. Yeah. yeah. But that was before Hamer joined our ranks. Oh, that's right. So Hamer time. Uh-huh. It's definitely the first time we've done eight with video. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a little disorienting. And you're not going to be able to see much either as we're reading this script. That's true. A little bone to pick with Hamer. Can we just get done with everybody slurping them over? Oh, we're really happy John was there, at least on that Boise Smackdown. <laughs> he has credibility. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Your balls have never been cleaner, John. <laughs> how would you, uh, how would you know, those Jake? Other six monkeys. <laughs> but I, was, I was just talking to, to Rock Waterman, uh-huh. and he he really liked it. He was gonna he was gonna yeah. put it. He was gonna recommend it, but he's like he just can't to his audience because we we proved that the Book of Mormon is a fraud. Oh, oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Well, my, my wife... He likes the part about how we proved that, that the LDS leaders are not <laughs> legitimate, but, but the, the... You know, so anyway. <laughs> all right, all right. Like, I'm really nervous about this. I, yeah. I'm actually... Because I'm just, You know... You should be. Like I'm, be yeah. I'm the one that's getting smacked down. That's true. <laughs> Well, yeah. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Is, uh, actually, this is a good point. Going into this, are there any, like, ground rules who want to say, like, Glenn, and you're like, no laughing, or, you know, or, no. or is it just kind of... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. No, no, it's all, no, 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 no. Yeah, don't right. find it funny unless it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah, right. No. <laughs> no, no. No, I'm looking forward to it as well. Okay, so okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start. So it's called How to Marry a Mormon. So fade in. Exterior Mexico Day. Elder Jared Moore, a 20-year-old Mormon missionary in dark slacks, short-sleeved white shirt, tie standard black name tag, rides a beat-up mountain bike through a rural Mexican village. He is as blonde as blonde can be, boyishly handsome and confident, completely unaware of his own naivete. The sky is blue, the sun is bright. In the background, we hear a group whistling the Mormon primary song, I Hope They Call Me on a Mission. I already, I already, I already prepared that, Randy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Of course, <laughs> it'll be there. Uh, Moore smiles and bobs his head. Life is good for this servant of the Lord. Behind him rides his junior companion, Elder Lester Adams, 19. Less, as he is known among the missionaries, is an Hold Idaho. On. Wait, wait, wait. I got I'm a really different sorry. script. Scott Wollston Hume. Yeah, right. So there's different versions of the script because. <laughs> Great job, Glenn. No, no, no. Well, because. So, so it's just what, like the Book of Mormon. Exactly. <laughs> it is. I've got the printer's copy. Okay. No, so, so I, I had some inconsistencies in there because there were like five different versions of the script. And this opening scene I took out of the later ones, but the later ones, one that I used, I had put this back in, then I had to make the names sync up. So That's like the 116 pages. We kind of. Yeah. It is like it's 116 pages. It's all from God, pages. though, right? It's, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the, guy, so the guys are no longer named Cox and Wooly? Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hammer's really disappointed. <laughs> no, no, but I, but but I have I, I have a different kind of fun with their names, as you shall see. So, right. um, so Les, as he is known among the missionaries, is an Idaho hick with a rubbery face, all lips, teeth, and gums. He is an obedient companion and quick to flash his gummy smile, but he rarely says a word. More passes a group of Mexican boys and girls playing on the side of the dirt road. Hola. The children look at him suspiciously. Moore continues on. This is his village, his message to share with the world. Finally, he can contain himself no longer. God lives, my friends. He lives and loves you as a father. Viva, viva, don't. Okay, my Spanish is bad. Dios, Dios. Viva Dios, mi amigos. Viva Dios. He smiles back at Adams. Oh. Is it Adams? Yeah, it's Adams. Adams flashes his goofy gums. They're both too excited for words. They pass a dirty young boy playing in a muddy ditch. God loves you, my filthy little hermano. They pass a little... (laughs) You don't pronounce the H. It's hermano. Okay. Hermano. They pass a little girl, also in the mud. 
And God loves you, my swarthy young Hermosa. More passes. More passes a gorgeous, large-breasted woman carrying a load of laundry down to the river. Their eyes meet. She smiles. He stares at her as he rides past and speaks under his breath. And oh yes, he certainly loves you, mi bonita flora. But before he can finish, he slams headfirst into an adobe wall. Roll the opening credits. How to Marry a Mormon. Okay, so that was that was the first scene I removed. (laughs) This is really bad. Oh, got it. That's like the pre-scene to the credits. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Little scene. All right. My swarthy young. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fade in. Uh, Interior. A clean apartment. Jill Jensen stands in front of a mirror, prepping herself for a date. She's very attractive, a paragon of purity, with some very healthy spunk. A Mormon girl from Utah, caught between Zion and Babylon with an internship in New York City. She combs through her long hair. Freeze frame. A hand-drawn arrow points to Jill with the caption, Jill Jensen. An arrow points to her outfit, modest apparel. Two arrows point to her ring and her necklace, CTR ring, daughter of Zion necklace. Three arrows point to, one, a Mormon ad poster on the wall behind her with a frog wearing a tiny crown that reads frogs and princes with the surrounding text, there aren't any frogs, only princes who don't know who they are. Number two, her scripture is sitting on the kitchen table. Number three, a DVD collection with Singles Ward, The RM, The Best Two Years, God's Army, etc. And the captions, Well, this gives you a framework for when this is about time oh, yeah. frame, doesn't it? Yeah, I wrote this in, in like 2002, yeah. 2003. This is when you uh, uh, decided, hey, I could do this. Right after watching some shitty Hellstorm movies, this, this is probably the fourth or fifth screenplay I wrote. Oh, okay. So I, I I've written several before this, but is anyway. this the best one, or is the other ones like top notch? <laughs> the ones the ones that got made in the movies, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you seen Avatar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking Cameron. <laughs> Were they all were they all Mormon related or no? <laughs> no, no, no. This is the only one that was Mormon related. Oh, okay. An arrow points to a picture of Jill and Elder Jared Moore at the airport. Elder Moore has his arm around her but is not touching her. The caption says Mormon missionary boyfriend. The scribbling disappears and the following words appear modest, waiting for her missionary, searching for for fulfillment. Analysis, good Mormon girl. Uh, switch scenes. So, all right, um, sorry, real quick. What does this part? Mean he's not touching her. What does that mean? Yeah, arm around her, we're not touching her. You know, like a missionary that's being cute, like putting his arm up. Like, no, he can't like touch her. A, like a good yeah, missionary. Like his hands, his, his arms hovering like an inch above her shoulders. Uh, okay, yeah, because he's already, he's already been uh, he's set apart. You can't touch. I him. have a bunch yeah, of pictures yeah. of that of the these ladies that were teaching us in the MTC. I thought it was so clever. Okay. Yeah, I never heard of that. Okay, got it. All right. Real quick, though, can I just? I want to disclose something. I was not invited to my nephew's um, uh, mission. Him coming home from his mission today. So uh, his homecoming at the airport. His homecoming. Yeah, at the airport. They didn't even tell. They didn't even tell us about it. Kind of uh, shitty. That That's just reminded me of that with him coming there. Sorry. That's all I have. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, interior messy bathroom. Jack Harding wipes the steam from the mirror. He's in a towel, just out of the shower. He finishes shaving, slaps his face twice, and smiles in the mirror. His white teeth twinkle. Freeze frame. An arrow points to a tattoo on Jack's arm with the caption, Tattoo. An arrow points to a pot of coffee brewing on a table that we can see through the open bathroom door. Hot drinks. 
Two arrows point to a pair of Hanes briefs and an A-style undershirt resting on top of the toilet. Tidy whities wife beater undershirt. Three arrows point to, one, a chick poster on the wall behind him, two, a copy of uh, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, three, a DVD collection of A Few Good Men, Last Samurai, To uh, To Die For, American Beauty, and the captions, Chick Poster, Swimsuit Edition, Rated R Movies. An arrow points to a crumpled picture in the trash can. It's a photo of Jack and Sidney Fox, who is dressed very provocatively and has her (laughs) arms all over Jack. And the caption, Worldly Ex-Girlfriend. The scribbling disappears, and the following words appear. Truth deprived, missionary target, searching for fulfillment. Analysis, non-Mormon boy. I see what you're going for there. I like the arrow thing. That's funny. Yeah, yeah is, I, got is that, like I got a... that from Bedazzled. Oh, you seen the opening yeah. credits of Bedazzled? They, they kind of do that, where they like pause yeah. and they point to people, like, cheats on his taxes. Like that. I thought right, that was right. funny. So the uh, when you get the bullet points, like I guess what I'm envisioning is almost like Terminator, where... You know, where he, he does the analysis and is like, you know, dun, 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 analysis uh, complete, determined, non-threat. Is it that yeah. type of thing or is it just kind of... It's more like an FBI report that's printed so like on the screen. Like, like, like typewriter. Type type yeah. 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 Although there is a Terminator scene coming up. Oh, but we'll get right. to that. Okay, uh, switch scenes. We fade into a missionary apartment in Mexico. A Mexican flag hangs on the wall along with missionary cartoons and a Polaroid collection of the different missionaries who have come and gone with their names and dates written on the wall beneath. I haven't read this in a long time. An empty video cover on the counter reads, October Zone Conference. On a beat-up television screen, the video image of Elder Stephen Erastus Knudsen III stands behind a podium addressing his congregation. He speaks with the traditional intonation typical of Mormon leaders. He is tall, thin, rigid, and robotic. Ultra serious, no appreciation for humor. I recognize that guy. I'm friends with him on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Elders and sisters, religion is a deeply serious matter. We as missionaries in this corner of the Lord's vineyard must take our roles more seriously. The Lord requires it. The Lord demands it. An unidentified sound whizzes past the background. As we look around us at conditions in the world in these latter days, we see far too much thoughtless <laughs> we see far too much thoughtlessness disguised as wit, carelessness masquerading as merriment, frivolity shrouded in mirth. A second unidentified sound whizzes past in the background. The Lord has made his position clear. No loud laughter. No light-mindedness. We have covenanted our somber dedication to his work. Flat. A nice, juicy spit wad hits the TV screen right on Nudson's forehead. Oh, okay. I guess the earlier ones weren't bees. They 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 were like, like, it was like, oh, it was spit wads that were missing the TV. Right. That's what it was. And then this one, flat. A nice, juicy spit wad hits the TV screen right on Knudsen's forehead. Two missionaries sit side by side watching the TV. A rough-looking scoundrel of a missionary with overbleached brown-orange hair. <laughs> I should call him. Oh, who's, I was probably thinking of Rupplinger, who I think listens to this sometimes. He was uh, uh, in my mission. Anyway, uh, overbleached brown-orange hair holds a straw in his mouth. His companion, Elder Jared Moore, shakes his head. That wasn't very nice. Switching scenes to a New York restaurant at night. A dimly lit restaurant is decked out for the Christmas season. Sydney Fox, mid-twenties, sultry-eyed, over-the-top psycho girlfriend from hell, sits across an intimate but cluttered table from Jack Harding, late-twenties, 
busboy extraordinaire and aspiring actor most recognized for his recurring commercial gig as the handsome man brand aftershave lotions slap slap smooth guy Sydney twirls a black ring around in her hands ring oh, box Jack. ring box oh, Jack. I don't know what to say Jack looks at his watch the restaurant manager a balding man with a bad toupee glares at Jack from across the room it's just so... Sydney opens the box and puts a diamond ring on her finger. She's clearly in her own world. Jack stares at her blankly. Oh, Jack, it's so beautiful. How can I refuse? Jack rolls his eyes, clears the plates from the table, carries them towards the kitchen, and exits. Sydney follows. Jill Jensen sits three tables down and watches Jack exit. Man, this is really bad. I've never, like, I, I haven't just, read this. What just so bad. I didn't understand that. Um... He just asked her to marry him. No, right? you're supposed. I he's a bus you, boy. Yeah, you're meant. You're meant to think that he asked her to marry him. Yeah, oh. he is a bus boy. He's standing he at the table. She's sitting there, in in a little daydream, imagining, pretending that he asked her to marry him, but he hasn't. Uh, okay. He's he, so he's busting the table. He turns and he walks away. But then she follows him. Um, I think. Again, okay. I haven't read this in a long time. All right, I just don't yeah. Understand. No, that's fine. <laughs> We'll find Jill, out. Yeah, Jill Jensen. <laughs> the suspense is killing us. Jill Jensen sits three tables down and watches Jack exit. Jill is dressed nice and wears a green CTR ring on her finger. She returns to her menu. Across from her sits Dennis Hartman, a smarmy little weasel of a guy, a person who Jill clearly has little interest in. Am I, am I New York? Am I a New Yorker? Can I do that? You know, can I make that choice? I, I had. Uh, you can do what you want, but I had. Um, make that choice. Make that choice. Uh, who, who was I think? Oh, David Spade was kind of who I had in mind for this role. But oh, you can do how you want. No pressure. I'm so, glad, I'm so glad they set it up like this. It might really help me get back to church, you know. go. It could go a long way, as I'm saying. It could. I've been looking for a good reason to go back, you know. They could really do with a lot of fellowship. You could really do a lot to fellowship me here. Jill yawns. As Dennis continues oh. to speak, Jill yawns like a man. <laughs> 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 Jill, <laughs> Jill lazily <laughs> glances does around. Does she have man hands? She does. At the different faces in the restaurant, a heavy woman with a mouthful of spaghetti, an old bald man who's too far too old for the cute young blonde across from him, and finally a chubby, freckle-faced brat boy who stares at Jill from a few tables down. The boy's mother is turned away from him, talking into her cell phone. He makes a face. Jill makes a face back. So where was I? Oh, oh yeah, fifth grade. So I was Charlie Brown in the school play, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And on the day of the performance, I guess they did something that kind of tricked the, ticked the <laughs> teacher off because she says to me, Dennis, if you do that again, I'm not going to let you perform. And I just looked down and I said, I'm, I'm Charlie Brown. What are they going to do? Call the playoff if I don't perform? You're a good man? <laughs> I, I, I totally said that. Fifth grade. Totally crack myself up sometimes. Autobiographical. The the brat boy <laughs> aims a straw at Jill and lets one fly. Splat. A juicy spitwad hits her square on the lips. I like to spit once. Yeah, you were really I know. Jeez. <laughs> she wipes it away in disgust. A thread of saliva trails off her lip. Dennis doesn't skip a beat. And so the next year, they decided to do Wizard of Oz, and they didn't really want me to try out, but I thought, why not? I've always, I've always wanted to play the witch. I don't get uptight about gender roles, so I... Jill blows out a deep breath and looks down at her watch. Hey, Jill, Jill, look at this. Look at this. Does Jill, does Jill talk? Yes. Jill looks up to see Dennis with, but, yeah, with two breadsticks sticking out of his mouth like walrus teeth. Google Kachu, I'm the walrus. Huh? You get it? <laughs> the walrus? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forget about it. Horrible. It's terrible. Forget about it. Okay. In the restaurant kitchen, uh, Jack washes dishes in the sink. Sydney takes him by the arm and holds out the black ring box. Doesn't this mean anything to you? You were, you really are nuts sometimes. I mean, you must know that. Take that thing back where you found it. Sydney caresses the ring on her finger, lost in her own daydream, a starring role in her own <laughs> private movie. <laughs> oh, Jack, your grandmother's ring. Nana, you called her. A precocious young immigrant who fled her war trident homeland to make grand a new start in a brave new world. I always dreamed that one day you and I... Jack washes the last disc. The balding manager glares at him again from across the kitchen. Look, I, I've got work to do. Jack exits. Inside the restaurant, Jill munches on stale breadsticks and pretends to look interested. But uh, somebody else was already the wizard. I think it was Mark Ott. No, maybe it was Matt. They were twins, I, I think, unless they were the same person. Weird. Instinctively and without emotion, Jill raises her menu to the side of her head. Splat, another juicy spitwad hits her between three <laughs> others already dried to the menu. Jill doesn't even flinch. Well, they look more like the scarecrow to me anyway. So I said, let me be the witch because I wanted to be the witch so I could say that line. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog too. But <laughs> you don't think – don't you think I say that good? I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog too. Wait, where is it? Ah, but I got in trouble for something again. They took me off the witch, moved me to the spotlight. It was quite the qual- colorful Wizard of Oz that year. I can tell you that for sure. That That's all true. That really happened to me. Okay. Jill, <laughs> Jill glanced around the restaurant and sees Jack clearing tables. She studied him with interest, or studies him with interest. I like strawberries. Wait, what the fuck am I saying? <laughs> Come on, you're ruining my moment, man. I like strawberries. Excuse me? Strawberries. I like them a lot. You know, Christmas story. I like strawberries. I can do Scooby Doo. I can do Scooby Doo. Right, right. <laughs> Pretty good. Jill turns to. Yeah, is John. Dennis. Is Dennis. Or is, is Jake's character Glenn then? Yeah, he's he's like the the Glenn like part of Glenn me that character. that just feels like he repels women with every single word and deed, <laughs> just like the most obnoxious. I'm not sure why the Glenn character? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. repels women. Yeah, right. Uh, Jill turns to stare again at Jack. Jack looks up and catches her watching him. She turns away quickly, embarrassed. Okay, Dennis got to go pee pee. <laughs> Dennis got to go a little wee wee. Don't worry, the food always comes when I'm gone. Take your time. I'll be there in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Hey, maybe one and a half. <laughs> I like what you're doing there, Jake. <laughs> he winks, does that annoying gun-shooting hand gesture, okay. leather Tuscadero thing, and leather, exits. Leather Tuscadero reference. Yeah. That is awesome. Wow. Jack, I could just see. I, I shouldn't be able to see Tom, but I can see him like wiping the tears from his eyes. Oh, <laughs> this, this is crazy. <laughs> Jack approaches Jill. She quickly brushes away any trace of spitballs. Uh, hi, can I uh, clear your plates for you? Jill looks down at her table. It's completely 100% plate-free. Right. Uh, look, if I could think of a better line, I'd use it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good enough. I'm, I'm usually not this forward, but... Oh, honey... 
Jack and Jill look towards the kitchen, then at the restaurant around them. Oh, this is so embarrassing. In slow motion, we see a series of shots. A waiter pours wine for the old man and his young, cute blonde. A hostess carries a large birthday cake to the heavy woman whose mouth was was full of spaghetti. The restaurant manager shakes hands with it. Uh, an exiting customer. The brat boy burns napkins on a candle centerpiece and pours his mother's wine into a little pond he has created on the table. And finally, a very frantic Sydney bowls towards Jack from the kitchen. A waiter with two enormous plates of spaghetti steps directly in her path. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Wah, wah, wah! Slapstick. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just going to like bring the audience right in, right? Sydney crashes into the waiter who knocks into the wine pouring waiter who dumps the wine in the lab of the cute young blonde who slaps her hands on the table in a misguided effort to catch the wine glass that launches a fork hurtling high up in the air. That lands- why does this sound like the lady who swallowed a spider? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I it's don't like, know why. It's, it's like the game mousetrap. It is like mousetrap. <laughs> So the fork lands teeth first into the brat boy's outstretched hand, which causes him to drop his flaming napkin and break the wine pond, which which sets the table immediately on fire, which tells you I didn't know anything about wine, Uh, which causes his mother... <laughs> to throw down her cell phone and jump for cover right into the hostess and her birthday cakes, which crash square into the restaurant manager's face. Jack rushes to the manager to clean up the cake. He inadvertently removes the bad toupee. That's it, Harding. You're out of here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh, well, it was time for a change anyway. <laughs> Dennis enters from the bathroom. Two waiters rush past him to put out the flaming table. Hey, I'm back. Hey, I know you. Yeah, to Jack. Yeah. <laughs> J- Dennis slaps his cheeks twice, mimicking Jack's aftershave commercial. Jack moves to the exit. Jill stands. I think I'll join you. Jack uh, takes Jill's arm and guides her through the mess. They exit. Sydney lays Jack on the ground. Jack and Jill, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're just now getting the Jack and Jill. <laughs> I know, but I, I guess I guess I am. I there, I am. there are a lot of really bad, a lot of bad punning in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's, it's 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 tongue in cheek. Bad punning. Anyway, if I make it intentionally bad, then the unintentional badness kind of is glossed away, right? So Sydney lays on the ground with a double plate of spaghetti all over her head. Dennis leans over and spins a fork in her spaghetti head and slurps it up. Sydney glares at him through the hole he has created in the spaghetti. It's like a cartoon. Hmm, the spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, city streets at night. Jack and Jill walk along in silence, enjoying the colorful Christmas lights. Thanks for getting me out, the- out of there. That was a disaster. Jack looks into her eyes and takes her by the hand. You up for some excitement? <laughs> Jill nods. <laughs> then come on. Okay, now as we have a series of shots. Montage, montage. Yeah. Jill's got it. Yeah, I got it. This is, this is the series of shots where Jack and Jill fall in love in New York City. Well, but it's but it's the uh, ELO song "Last Train to London." That's of course. Here. Nice. Yeah. So they, yeah. they ride in a horse-drawn handsome cab, which they probably got from Seinfeld. Rusty! <laughs> they, they ice skate at Rockefeller Center. They eat ice cream. The top scoop falls on Jack's shirt. Jill laughs. Jill gives Jack a mustache and a beard with cotton candy. Oh this is so cheesy! <laughs> <laughs> they play head-to-head video games, air hockey, rollerball, laugh and have a grand old time. That's from Karate Kid. I guarantee you that's from Karate Kid. I know, but... 
They're doing all the stuff you wanted to do when you were a teenager. Yeah, non-Mormon though. Why would he be doing all these things? Yeah, exactly. This is written by a Mormon. They dance at a nightclub, fast at first, then slow, then fast again. Hands held, arms extended, spinning madly and laughing hysterically. Have you uh, ever been in a nightclub? No, no, never have. <laughs> never. <laughs> but I've seen some on TV. The they're, not, they're not state dances. They don't like that. That's no You need Night of the Roxbury. This is love. Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling tonight. Really loud, Randy. <laughs> oh, is that really loud? Yeah, super Again? Loud. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, fuck this shit. I knew I should have brought my other headphones. I'm sorry. Uh... Now we're at Jill's apartment at night. Jack escorts Jill to the door. Jill? Jill! Oh, sorry. I was trying to get my volume down. See? Yeah, I need a towel to wipe the tears from my eyes. <coughs> oh, jeez. Hold on. Tears of joy or tears of sadness? Shame. <laughs> tears of shame. Tears of shame. Where's, uh, are we at uh, Jill's apartment at night? Yeah. Well, you say you turned a really lousy evening. You turned a really lousy evening into something... Well, wonderful. Jack smiles and takes her hand. It was pretty amazing for me, too. (laughs) 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 He leans over and gives her a small kiss on the cheek. I'll call you tomorrow. Jill, Jill watches as Jack walks away. Once he turns the corner, she raises her fist and does a private little dance thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right out of Broad City. Oh, my gosh. I'm so bad. <laughs> I, like the, 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 as I was going through and highlighting this for you, I'd like pause and read a couple of the parts. Like I, I think men in general write poorly for women, but I was horrible. <laughs> Just horrible. Uh, Jack pokes his head around the corner and smiles. Gotcha. Just <laughs> you're doing the little private dance. Exactly. Jill regains her composure, waves to Jack awkwardly, and exits. Like everything I know about women here are from really bad rom coms. Right. That's what I was gonna say. That's right. straight out of a rom com. Yeah. Um, okay, we're back in Mexico in the missionary apartment. Elder Moore stands at the door. The the driver, Elder Snell, gets out and escorts Elder Lester Adams, the goofy-looking new missionary, whose wide mouth is all lips and gums. Meteor (laughs) Nubrin. Wow. Moore Moore looks at Adams' vacuous, gummy-faced expression and reaches out to shake his hand. It flops around like a dead fish. Hi, I'm Elder Moore. Jared, actually. Jared Moore. But we're all elder out here, right? Adam puts a sunflower seed in his mouth and munches on it like a bored llama. You know, it's like bored, back, bored llamas much on sunflower seeds, right? It's like back home, you know. We always told people that the men in my family were all Mormon. Get it? Mormon? Blank stare. Chomp, chomp. But if you want, you can call me Jared. Blank stare. Chomp, chomp. Okay, and you are? Adam's name tag is upside down. Moore turns his head to read it. Adams, huh. So what is it? Gary? Blank stare. Brent? Blank stare. <laughs> Leopold? Adams <laughs> adjusts his goofy glasses and maintains his vacuous stare. Lester. Lester, huh? Less. Well, I was close. Hey, more and less. Kind of catchy, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> God damn. 
<laughs> this makes me want to like poke you in the eye. <laughs> this is bad. This is really I like cocks and woolly better. <laughs> Yeah, I want to go back to the steak dance or nightclub <laughs> in Man. New York City, right from the where they have the slow dances. <laughs> in a New York City nightclub. Oh, the cotton candy! Everyone yeah. grab a lady. Yeah. Did they, did they play uh, Depeche Mode's "I Want Somebody"? Uh, I think De- Depeche Mode would have been a little too uh, progressive. Uh, risk progressive for me at this point. A little yeah. Kenny G. Yeah, blank stare. All right. Well, hey. welcome to the field, Elder. Blank stare. Good luck. <laughs> That's nice. That's a- Antonio Banderas says Elder Snell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I think I was picturing um, Jared Peter. No, uh, oh. Napoleon Dynamite. When I, as I'm describing like this all teeth and gums thing, I think that that's got to be what I was thinking. What, what's the deal with first names? Like Mormons never do that. As as a bushy eyed. You, if you're a new missionary, you you don't care about people's first names. Well, Just calling you out, Glenn. You're you're writing in like some sort of non-Mormon kind of personality here. Well, I don't my, know what's cool. in in my mission, the the guys that tried to be cool would introduce themselves by their first names and try to encourage the other elders to call them uh, by their first names. And if really? if they were square, then they wouldn't do it. But if they were cool, then they would go by the, the first name. So, but then this guy's not cool because of his lame-ass jokes. So, like, where does that put him? Right. It, he, thinks, he, thinks he's, he thinks he's way cooler than he is, which goes right back to a very typical Mormon missionary. Got it. All right. It's all clear. All right. Cleared it up for me. Okay. So we're back in the missionary apartment. Adams pulls out a large pyramid diagram to track all the days of his mission and tapes it to the wall. So, Elder, where are you from? Idaho. Ah. You've never been to Salmon? Ever. You ever been to Salmon? Yeah. <laughs> Passed through it on the way to Mackey. That, that was an actual conversation I heard between two other missionaries that it just tickled me for some reason and I never forgot I like it. it. It's good. But why was Adam? Why is Adams talking to him now, though? Like, because Adams just gave him the blank scare, and all, and now all, all of a sudden he's uh, engaging him. It's inconsistent. No, he's not questions. Plot hole. It is. It oh. is an inconsistency. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And and because because but it's true because my original conception of Adams was that he never spoke, but then that changed with different iterations of the script, and so the, it's not consistent. <laughs> you asked. All right. Uh, Adams pulls out a Rubik's Cube, a plastic bowling trophy, a pillowcase with his own picture on it, a SpongeBob SquarePants alarm clock, and makes himself at home. He places his day planner on the table, and it opens up to a page with a small brown bronze picture of someone with long hair. Moore sees it from upside down at a distance. That your girlfriend? Adams shows him the picture right side up. It's Jesus. Right. Oh, yeah, right. Here's mine. Uh, Moore shows him a picture of Jill. Her name is Jill. Her name is Jill. Jill Jensen. Her whole family has J names: Jerry, Janice, Joseph. Works out pretty good for me. Jared, Jill. It's pretty much. Me- <laughs> it's pretty much meant to be. She's in New York right now, but she'll be going back to BYU soon. <laughs> then I get off my mission, and well, you know what comes next. Uh, <clears throat> we're outside at Central Park. Jack and Jill stand together by a park bench. As they speak, they keep doing that, oh, brother, coy <laughs> eye contact, looking the other way and smile thing. So, 
You're an actor? Yes. That's so interesting. What about you? Interior design. Oh, so maybe you could help me out with my apartment. (laughs) Maybe. It's not too far from here, you know. (coughs) Well, I don't work weekends. Jack moves in closer. (laughs) I'm sure we could find something you could do. He leans in to kiss her, but she reluctantly turns away. Jack looks perplexed, but he smiles with an awkward scratch-your-head kind of smile. You know, I don't think that has ever happened to me before. I'm sorry. It's not that I don't want to. It's it's just a little fast for me. Instinctive, I guess. She reaches out and puts her hand on his arm. I'm sorry. Jack looks down at the CTR ring on her hand. What's that? Oh, it's just a church thing. Choose the right. I, I'm, I'm, for as, I'm as self-absorbed as I am, I'm, I'm really observant of this, this guy ring. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. The, there, there are plenty of very contrived moments in this thing, I'm, I'm pretty I see. sure. Yeah. I see. Jack turns his head and looks around. Jill gathers up her determination and leans in for that kiss. As she moves in, Jack turns back around and they knock heads together. (laughs) You okay? Jill rubs her head and then unexpectedly leans up and kisses him. A nice, tender, good first kiss. She pulls away and smiles. Yeah, I'm great. All right, back in the missionary apartment. Oh, man. More stare starry-eyed at this picture of Jill. Yep, she's waiting for me. So how about you? You got one waiting back at home? Adam pulls out. <laughs> All of these things are like stuff that I did. <laughs> so Adam pulls out a Walmart special photograph of an unattractive heavyset girl framed in a wine glass with a red rose at the stem, which I really found in one of my missionary apartments <laughs> once. <laughs> and I used it to show people as a joke, my girlfriend, just to get their response. Anyway. <laughs> Her name's Bethany. We met at the Y. I haven't kissed her yet, but when I get home, I will. Sweet. Back at Central Park, Jack and Jill walk up a hill. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Hand, hand in hand. Jill is sad, distant. You okay? <laughs> I've had a really good time with you. Yeah, evidently. Uh, Seriously, what's going on? I'm moving back home in a week. Oh? Where's home? Utah. I've just been interning here for school. My contract ends next week. I don't want to go. Jack steps behind Jill and wraps his arms around her. She Mm -hmm. snuggles into his shoulder. So don't go. (laughs) No, I, I have to. I've got one semester left. Besides, my family would kill me if I ditched out on them at Christmas. It's this really huge thing to them. It's pretty huge for everybody, isn't it? Sorry. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to play that line. <laughs> You're doing fine. <laughs> Not like this. You'd have to see it to believe it. So how about I see it? Sorry. They're just so many stu- stupid sexual references. <laughs> what? That wasn't sexual. How about I see it? All right, anyway. 
Show me yours, I'll show you mine. Yeah, that's not what I was going for, but okay. But but you, you, in you not knowing what you were going for, <laughs> right. without seeing it. All right, here we go. You'd come with me for Christmas, but you barely know me. Well, if you were staying here, I'd want to spend Christmas with you anyway. You would? Oh, yeah. Take advantage of that whole mistletoe oh, thing. Brother. Works way better than headbutton. <laughs> oh, God. Jill smiles. So, I've, I've never been to Utah. I've actually been thinking it might be time for a visit. Maybe get in some skiing or some... What do they do in Utah? <laughs> But what about your family? Uh, not much of a family, really. My parents passed away a few years ago. I didn't know. I'm sorry. Not a problem. No brothers or sisters. Just an aunt who does a Christmas dinner every year with this bean. I'm sorry. With this bean and cabbage and eggnog stew. I'd kill to ditch out on that one unless, of course, it would be too awkward to take me with you. No, not, not at all. Not for me. It might be a little awkward for you. Why would it be awkward? A series of shots. Jack's intro to Utah Mormon culture. The following scenes take place over an Osmond family, or as Osmond's Christmas medley. I don't remember this at all. Um, <clears throat> Probably because you intentionally blocked it out like we all should. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Salt Lake City Airport. Uh, Jack and Jill exit the plane. Jack immediately notices all the Christmas decorations that look like something from the 1950s. Very wholesome and festive in a Norman Rockwell kind of way. Jack looks around curiously at the half-dozen scenes of missionaries either leaving or returning from their missions without Matt. All of the family, all of the signs, all of the hugs, all of the brownies. As they exit the airport, he sees a group of Boy Scouts caroling on one corner. A group of single young adults carol on another not too far away, uh, good, clean, cut fun. Which, I, I never really lived in Utah for Christmas, so I didn't know I was... Well, you could have, the way you describe it. Really? Did, that, did I hit it? We just left. I just flew out of Utah, and I was struck with how many groups of missionaries throughout the whole airport there are. I mean, that that really is a a scene. Well, was it on a Wednesday? Uh, yeah, I guess ah, it was. Coming back, so that's Wednesdays. why. That'll do it. Uh, so we're at a freeway at dusk. Jack and John, uh, Jill sit in the back of a taxi cab. Jack studies three dating ads in front of him: EternalMates.com, CelestialServices.org, and LDSSinglesOnTheProwl.net. <laughs> <laughs> On the prowl. Don't Jack. check these today. I think they're all porn sites. <laughs> <laughs> you think. Uh, Jack looks out at the window and sees a Mormon church on one corner. Directly across the street, he sees another identical Mormon church. Two buildings down from that, he sees another. Wah, wah. He sees a billboard that says, Families that pray together, stay together. And then another with a picture of a frowning, emancipated, or emaciated man that says, Don't let the millennium catch you unprepared. Call 1 800 LD. LDS Food for Salt Lake City's food supply expert specializes in food for all cultural preferences. That's stupid. They passed several Utah Mormon landmarks. The Salt Lake Temple, all dressed up for Christmas. The statue of Brigham Young and a large golden statue of the Angel Moroni with the Santa hat on its head. Aww. Never happened. It never happened. It never would. Never it's like happened. Mormon Hogwarts. Yeah. Here. <laughs> they stop at an intersection. Two cars in front of them have bumper stickers. One says families are forever. The other one says kiss me on the cheek. I'm Mormon. <laughs> Stupid. A large Escalade pulls up behind the others. Its bumper sticker reads, no, we're not. Okay. Uh, 
That's pretty good. <laughs> and and the series of shots um, at the Jensen home at night. Jack and Jill exit the taxi and walk to the front door. Okay, I want to I wanna, hold on. I want to ask. So, what is your audience here? I don't know, Jake. I, there wasn't one. It, it's it's kind of like infants <laughs> on thrones. I'm not doing this for an audience. I wasn't writing this for an audience. I was writing it mm. for me. You know, mm. to, as a way of avoiding writing my my dissertation. <laughs> right. Ah, oh, you're like that writer for the Lost Book of Mormon. Yeah, oh, is that what he did? Yeah. yeah. That's what, yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I was wondering about that. Because the, uh, I mean, the, the framing shots in Utah, I was like, I wonder if those would be intelligible to a non-Mormon at all. Or would it just be like, yeah, what, I, you know, what would any of that signify? I didn't, I didn't really ever expect that this would be made into a movie or that I would even share it with anyone. Because I, you know, a BYU I, I had, TV movie. You're, you're I smiling. Close. I, I can see Jake smiling. But but the the first two scripts that I wrote, I did shop around, and right. you know, but I didn't. The, like the first one didn't really go anywhere. The, sec, the what second one started to, but then didn't. And so by this time, I'd kind of just cut my losses, and I was just doing this for fun because I enjoyed doing it. Um, and like I shared this with some friends, but it wasn't there wasn't really like an audience. This would be a good road show. <laughs> well, at the end, we've got a road show, but I don't know how good of a road uh, show it would be. There's not enough singing. I, I'm not even sure it'll a be a good podcast. Show in, there's a road show in the yeah. movie? Yeah. 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 It's too too long for a road show, and it's also so many visuals and everything. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you, can't, all right. you can't do arrows. <laughs> yeah, you could with cardboard. Ding. Yeah, you do, like a, you, you, you do a PowerPoint presentation. Projecting it on the screen. Anyway, so Jack and Jill exit the taxi and walk to the front door. The lights aren't on. This isn't a good sign. What do you mean? Just brace yourself. Uh, the living room at night. The room is decked out for the holidays. A half-decorated Christmas tree sits by the front bay window. Jack and Jill enter through the front door. The lights flick on, and 20-some-odd family members jump out from their hiding places. Then everyone can say this together. Surprise! Surprise! Jill's father, Jerry Jensen, approaches Jill and spins her around in a big bear hug. Hello, my little Jillian! And you must be Jack. We've heard so much about you. Welcome (laughs) to our humble abode. Jill looks nervously around at all the smiling faces. What's going on, Dad? Nothing, nothing at all. Just thought we could start things out by introducing Jack to the family. Jerry pulls a whistle from his pocket and blows. Whoa, sound of music. Yeah, right. Uh. <laughs> First, we'll start with the siblings, youngest to oldest to youngest. You all know our Jillian, of course. When I call your name and age, step forward. <whistles> Leslie, 19. Lavernon, 18. Joseph, 17. <laughs> James, It's Lavernon. Anyway. Lavernon? Lavernon. Yeah. Oh, that makes more sense. Okay, Lavernon, 18. <laughs> yeah. Joseph, 17. James, 14. Alton, Trevla. Mah- <laughs> Those are my grandparents' names, Alton and Trevla. Okay. Yeah. Al- Alton, Trevla, Mahanrai, 12. <laughs> Althea, Jerem, 11. Eldon, Goldie, Matthew, 10. Jenna, 9. Jonas, 6. Harry, 5. And, of course, the three babies, Martin, Lamar, and Julia. <laughs> of course. I'm, I'm Jillian's father, Jerry Jensen, and this is Jillian's mother, Janice. We don't need to tell you how old we are. <laughs> Wow, Mrs. Jensen, you look fantastic for having had so many children. Don't be silly. These aren't all her children. Let me introduce you to my other two wives, Sharon and Deborah. 
Ah, Jack looks uh, around uncomfortably, speechless. Didn't Jillian tell you she was Mormon? Um, no, actually, she didn't. Dad! Well, it's Utah, you know. Gotta play it for what it's worth. He's joking, Jack. So you're not Mormon? No, that part's true. I thought you knew. How would I have known? I live in Utah. The CTR ring? <laughs> okay, wait a second. Right. So they've gone on how many they've gone on how many dates and he doesn't have the first clue about her, like like he doesn't didn't know find she's out until, Mormon. Yeah, didn't find out until they were in the park that Cause, she was cause living, the, like, he, he noticed the CTR ring, so he must have known that she was Mormon, she figured. Yeah, because yeah, everybody knows what CTR means exactly. and what that ring means so in, in the outside of Mormonism. I'm sorry. I love how I love how John defends me as if this is supposed to make sense <laughs> somehow. <laughs> no, I, I, I think you're absolutely right, Scott. There's a lot of things in here. Like like their first conversation, they've already gone on like this whole whirlwind of dates, and she's like, "Oh, I, I'm I'm leaving." You know, I mean, it's just I mean, it's I'm just that. an intern. He's like, oh, "Yeah, really? right, really." Oh, right. And what's your name? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't yeah. really brought that up yet. Yeah. Obviously, a very deep connection wow. Oh, here. Oh, wow, you're an actor. I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> is our fourth date. <laughs> okay, so Jack, Jack said sorry. Says sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I thought you knew. Then all these kids. Neighbors. Except for all the J's and Leslie, of course. We didn't decide on the J thing until later. <laughs> Southern Belle. (laughs) She's kind of the black sheep of the family. (laughs) Was that your uh, channeling Gone with the Wind? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, whatever I do. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. Don't worry. Despite our appearance, we're very, very normal. Aren't we, kids? The kids agree. Jerry holds up a golden angel Moroni. Now, who wants to put the angel on the tree? I do, I do. Jack watches curiously as Jerry gives the Moroni to Jenna and lifts her up to place it on top of the tree. Jill pulls Jack aside to speak in private. I'm sorry about all this. I should have told you ahead of time. I really thought you knew. Well, what's to know? It's not a big deal, right? Jill's little brother Jonas turns on the TV. So, you're okay with it then? Why wouldn't I be? A commercial comes on the TV. It's Jack's handsome man slap, slap, smooth commercial. On the TV, Jack stands in his bath towel on the front of a bathroom mirror. He slaps his face twice, smiles into the mirror, and says, Slap, slap, smooth. (laughs) Hey, that's you! The family gathers around Jack. Is that really you? Yep, that's me. You're the slap, slap, smooth guy? I thought you knew. How would I know? The smooth face. I'm an actor. <laughs> so- <laughs> Sorry. I thought you knew. Wow, you're famous. Do you know Rick Schroeder? He's Mormon, too. There's a lot of famous Mormons. <laughs> Jack's not a Mormon. He's not? So you're not going to get married? Okay, I think that's enough. Mom? <laughs> Come on, kids. Let's go practice. We have less than a week, to, a week you know. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Every, every woman in your world is, like, is southern. 
<laughs> Janice is the same woman as before. Oh, okay. Every woman in Randy's world is out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he you're can... supposed to direct me. You should have told oh, me that earlier. Okay. <laughs> He, he could still get baptized, though, right? Come on, Jonas. <laughs> Janice leads the youngest kids from the room. Sorry about that. I can't believe I never realized that was you. Oh, it's not a big deal, is it? So, the slap slap smooth guy, is that really your chest, or, or is it airbrushed? <laughs> oh. oh, no, it, it's real. <laughs> nice. And it's magnificent. <laughs> Thanks, Les. Come on, Jack. <laughs> Sorry, let me start over. Thanks, Les. Come on, Jack. Let me show you to your room. Jack and Jill exit. Leslie watches. Very nice. Series <laughs> of shots. Telephone grapevine. Yeah, she brought home that slap slap smooth guy. He's staying in our house for Christmas. <laughs> what is, that? is that? Is that Tom? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Jill is dating the slap slap smooth guy. Yeah, I think they're engaged. They totally, they're they're totally getting married. I don't know, Christmas Eve, I think. Okay, back in New York, in Sydney's apartment, Sydney okay, holds. Okay, so did, did you mean to depict uh, the the family as sexist as you did? <laughs> <laughs> because if you notice, Janice never says anything except "Hi, I'm Janice," and "Come on, children." Everything else, I've got, to, I've got to own that. That's bad. No, this is before Glenn wrote his ordained women profile, so you know, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Trespasses. That's right. Come on. All right, so we're, we're Tom, in your little apartment. kid voice is the bomb, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can listen to that all day. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So Sydney holds the phone to her ear. Uh huh. Uh huh. He's what? Sydney hangs up and dials. Uh, so we've got an intercut scene between her and Dennis. Dennis is in his apartment. Dennis does pull-ups on a bar across the top of his doorway. As he huffs and puffs, all we see is his face and torso. Mm, 98. 99! The phone rings. Dennis stops his workout and reaches for the phone on the wall next to him. Hello. The camera pans out to show that he's been standing on a chair, doing pseudo-pull-ups the entire time. Is this Dennis? Sure is, and who might this be? This is Sydney Fox. We met a few weeks ago at the restaurant. Oh, right, my little Piscetti girl. I had a feeling you'd be calling because I ate some spaghetti off your head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, I have some news about your girlfriend. Oh, I like that, Bob. Oh, oh, you mean Joe? No, I broke her heart, actually, not my type. I like girls a little more saucy. Well, I just got a call from my friend Sally who heard it from her brother's cousin in Utah that Jack and Jill are getting married on Christmas Eve. Hey, good for them. Look, Jack and I are meant to be whether he knows it or not. I don't know what he sees in that little Mormon girl of yours. But if it's a Mormon girl he wants, it's a Mormon girl he'll get. I have a little preposition for you. Proposition for you. Preposition. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a grammar lesson. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> too? So? Motion there too. <laughs> At? Sorry, I'm naming prepositions. Right. Uh, <laughs> through. Preposition. Attention. Forward march. Busy prepositions. 
I am listening. <laughs> uh, back in Mexico in the missionary apartment, Eldermore lays on his lower bunk and stares at his picture of Jill. Elder Adams dangles his goofy hat upside down from the top bunk. You know what would be awesome? You know those maps in those James Bond movies where the guy is going to take over the world? Here's a really cool map with blinking lights and stuff for all the countries. He's already taken over and another really cool map for all the countries he has left that show where the world will look like after he's totally done taking over. You know those maps? We should totally get one of those maps. That's like my favorite part of the whole thing. I got those. Those are You really shouldn't, Napoleon. Yeah. Sure. We could use blue lights for the countries that have already missionaries and red ones for for everyone else. Uh Uh-huh. They probably have that already in Salt Lake. Man, that'd be awesome. Night, Les, or Napoleon. <laughs> right. <laughs> More kneels down to, pr- to pray and clicks off the lights. Maybe instead of Elder, we could be all like 007 or something. I could be 00 Adams, and you could be 00 More Adams. Lester Adams. <laughs> yeah. About ligers. Yeah, right. Because you can see the evolution. Like at one point, where I didn't have him say anything, but then I thought, oh, I could have him say like all these Napoleon Dynamite random things, right. and so he's totally inconsistent. Well, but the hard part for me is I haven't read all of this, so I didn't know how Napoleon. I, I didn't know I was right. supposed to be that way when I first started reading. It just reading. comes yeah, naturally like, for you, Scott. Yeah, it right. really does. That's scary. Yeah. Okay. So so. <laughs> So, Tom, read, read your part again. Like, you've just had a realization. It's totally separate from what he, what he just said. You're like, no way. Oh, yeah. yeah like like, like uh, Ted and Bill and Ted. There you go. No way. Way. More clicks on the light. Adam dangles his goofy head. I'm so sick of reading that. Goofy head over the bed. What? This is terrible. Just awful. How can this be? What? Inspiration. Revelation. I don't know. Whatever it was, I saw it. Saw what? Eldermore grabs his picture of Jill and shoves it in Lester's face. She's getting married. I can't believe it. She's getting married. When? Christmas Eve. To whom? Moore closes his eyes as if he's trying to recapture the visit Wait, vision. Correct the grammar. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> he corrected your grammar. To who? <clears throat> People don't say to whom. Anyway, I do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moore closes his eyes as if he's trying to recapture the vision. His so eyes grow actually large. Actually, just got revelation. Yes. To get this in- okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, he, he didn't get a letter. He's like, no. Oh, he, he no, thinks no. It's, he thinks it's revelation. revelation. He just imagined it, but he thinks it's revelation. Come but, on. But he Read actually the lines. found out the, the spirit testified. Right. Yes. John, you really don't know what it was like to be a missionary. <laughs> no, I don't. Thank <laughs> heaven. Yeah. He's not even Mormon. We have to stop this. Okay. Inside a car, Dennis drives. Sydney sits beside him and studies his face. Dennis, huh? Dennis is actually a very handsome name. You don't really look like a Dennis. You look more like a Glenn. Go mad, you know. That's right. That's, uh, I went back to say, I don't know why, but that somehow that just tickles me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, a, a, another autobiographical experience, except it was changed. I was told that I didn't look like a Glenn. I was told Glenn's a very handsome name. You don't look like a Glenn. You look more like a Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> so that's where this name came from. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I should never have married her. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, 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 dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 
<laughs> so wait, Dennis is Mormon? Yeah, he's he's a he's an inactive Mormon in New York. This is the, this is the reveal right here, right? Well, he said something about earlier that oh. she could reactivate him. Wait, wait, I'm yeah, from Mesa. You didn't fucking tell me I was from Mesa. <laughs> well, you're trying to say <laughs> I didn't remember. George Costanza. Uh, you picked up, hey, keep you've telling picked up, Yeah, you've picked up an affected New York accent. He, That's good. That's like douchey. That's really good. He is yeah, douchey. Mesa, Arizona, where they pretend to do pull-ups. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, all right. You just keep telling yourself that, sweetie. I always wanted to be a Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, what do I need to know first? Well, I should probably warn you, I'm not the best guy to be giving you these lessons. I'm not exactly the best Mormon in the world. But you grew up in Utah. You know all about Mormons. Mesa, actually. But, yeah, I was. I suppose you're right. Honestly, you could be the biggest nerd in the world, and I wouldn't mind as long as I learn what I need to know. Being seen with you won't really bother me at all. Oh, so big of her. Yeah, doesn't that. Sydney you sound mean, like a bitch? She, she, is, she is kind of. Oh. <laughs> All right, that's oh. better. Oh. So what? Bob, Dennis? Bob. What do I know oh. first? I you said I'll keep that, that in mind. Yeah. I didn't hear you. Big <laughs> <laughs> <In> character. <laughs> so what do I need to know first? Where do we start? Well, if you're serious about being a Mormon girl, you'll need to learn a few things, important things about Mormon fashion. Some things you can get away with, some things you can't. I'll show you what I mean when we get there. Right. In the meantime, you're going to want to carry one of these. Dennis pulls a dance card from his wallet. What is it? A dance card. I got to step away for a second. I'll be right back. Dance card. <laughs> <laughs> <My> dance. <laughs> and what is that? It shows that you're worthy to go to church dances, find chicks to make out with and stuff, for guys in your case, or the old Nickmo scene. Nickmo? Yeah, you totally need to know Nickmos, non-committal make out. We have all kinds of words for kissing, like roll, a big make out, or a bun, a small make out. Really? And there's a difference between the different kinds of kisses, too. Watch my mouth very carefully. Dennis exaggerates his lips and tongue to simulate. You have a peach, a plum, and an alfalfa. <laughs> and when I actually created myself, the hallelujah. Weird <laughs> and gross. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with all of these lines here. I have empathy for the character. Well, we have different degrees of heaven, so maybe that's why. <laughs> that's pretty good, Glenn. Sydney looks down and analyzes Dennis's dance card. Nice picture. The picture on the dance card is considerably younger and, if possible, dorkier. Dennis wears an expression that shows he thought he was quite a player. The words D.H. King is handwritten beneath his picture. Why did you write this? Because back in the day, that's exactly what I was. Dennis Hodman, King. This says 1996. Eh, it's been referred to... I've been referred to as... Uh, I've been what's referred to as less active for a while. But you're right. I don't, don't question my instincts on these things. I know Mormons through and through. So how do I get one of these? Interview with the bishop. He asks you a bunch of questions. You have to say yes to the good ones and no to the bad ones. <laughs> All right. Can I, what, what's with the dance card? Aren't they adults? 
Yeah, what, what is the dance card? I don't I never remember. That. They're not like 16, though. They're like adults, right? I, uh, yeah, yeah. Dance, yeah, dance cards but, are for 14-year-olds to get into dances. Okay, but he had it when he in 1996, and this is being written in 2003. Yeah, and this oh, so he doesn't actually know anything about he, Mormons. He thinks he knows about Mormons, but he doesn't really. He thinks he does, but he doesn't yeah. really. Okay, all right, yeah. that makes sense. I think. John, come on, back me up here. I had never heard of a dance card. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> just tell just, him it makes sense. Is all I'm asking. Oh yeah, because because it was because it was when he was younger. See, and oh. so his his youthful self think as is extrapolating. That's, That's all he knows. That's yeah. his Mormon world. All Thank right. goodness you joined this podcast, John. <laughs> <laughs> the credibility just went up right. through the roof. <laughs> just went up. <laughs> what are the good ones? We, we need like a John Hamer Church of Christ cred scale. <laughs> anyway, he's, he's a solid one hundred. One, you need to know the name of my church. <laughs> <laughs> it's called like, community. community of Christ. Christ. That, that gives you a couple points when you get the name. Fail. Stop. time. Go for it, man. They touched it. Uh, what am I doing? Ones that make you look like you're doing the right thing, living the right way. Such as? You know, daily prayer, scripture reading, journal writing, ear supply, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the bad ones? No French kissing. <gasps> no illegal touchy-touch. Mm. That means you're not live that that you're not living immorally mainly. The first thing you gotta know is that every Mormon girl must save herself for marriage. Really? Oh yeah, they gotta. Or at least they have to make everyone think that they are. It's all about image with us. Appearance. Nobody wants to bite into a sandwich when all the butter has been licked off your butter sandwich. Okay. <laughs> you say? <laughs> <laughs> just something they teach us. You know, you, you, they do all kinds of stuff like that. Call you chewed up piece of gum, flail the tongue around the glass of milk bottle to turn so you don't like kissing. I kind of did that when I was saying the alfalfa thing, but that was okay. Yeah. It's meant to keep you pure. Does it work? Dennis flashes a big wolf smile. <laughs> nice. Living proof, babe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, inside a department store, Sydney exits the dressing room wearing something very provocative. Uh, just leave it up to your imagination. Dennis sits in a chair with his hand to his chin, studying her. Where's his other hand? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, spin around for me. It's nice. I like it, but uh, that would never fly. He stands and points out the flaws in the outfit, using the excuse to touch her as much as possible. You have the bare midriff here. Too much shoulder here. And the neckline's all wrong here. Dennis Glenn. picks up. <laughs> Did you ever have? Okay, say pause on on modesty and and women. This is funny because <laughs> just this scene of like he touches her everywhere that she's immodest to prove that it's not a good thing that she's immodest there because you know you shouldn't touch women and in places where they're. Im- I remember. I think I had a lesson like this. Like, would you want to be touched there? Like that women would get. And um, I always thought like, so it's okay to touch women in those places if they're showing them anyway. If, you, you know? if you're saying you're not allowed, to, like these are the no touch zones right here. I want to be clear that everybody sees right here and here and here. <laughs> that sounds like such a it's, it's the know, double thir- standard of just being like wanting to touch it. The 13 year old like Mormon boy version of like yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Arrested Development stuck in my 14 year old self for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> right. 
All right, Dennis. Sorry. Dennis, Dennis picks up another skimpy outfit from the pile on the chair next to him. Yeah, try this one next. <laughs> He's intentionally giving her things that won't work. Right, 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 so he can right. touch her and tell her why it doesn't work. Right. So Sydney steps inside the dressing room. So it's all about image, appearance. How am I supposed to talk? Just uh, giggle a lot, pretend to be naive, <laughs> embarrassed by things, hit guys in the arm from time to time. When you talk to them, say, no way. I do that. I've been doing that this whole time. <laughs> and every other word has to be totally. And every other conversation has to be about marriage, how many kids you want to have. Every once in a while, you have to throw in an eternal perspective. Cindy comes out of the dressing room with another skimpy outfit that shows off her amazing body. Dennis <laughs> sucks in some air at the sight. Suck it in. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's that? Because I'm so naive and stupid. <laughs> right. Just, 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 just a second. Just a <laughs> No, but the, the one that is in reference to eternal perspective. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm sucking in air. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Something you say to make you seem really deep and spiritual, like, it all makes sense in the eternal perspective. Spin around. Sydney models Dennis Ogles. Yeah. You know, this won't work either. You got an amazing body. You really do. But no Mormon guy wants to see that. Not that he'll admit anyway. And you'll be hated by the other girls. You got to cover up. He reaches for another skimpy outfit. Yeah, try this. Sydney steps into the dressing room again. How stupid is Sydney? I know, right? (laughs) As stupid as Glenn needs her to be. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So this is good? What else? What else can I do for you, man? I'm a woman. (laughs) I'm just a silly, stupid girl. Uh, Well, I can only imagine how difficult it must be for you to control yourself around me. Yet somehow I manage. Sydney reemerges. She looks absolutely stunning. Enough skin to possibly make this the first PG-13 Mormon flick ever. Did I really oh write that? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Wow. Dennis excited does... about casting this role. <laughs> so Dennis does all he can to maintain his cool, which clearly he has maintained this entire time. Spin that out. <laughs> she spins. <laughs> Zowie! <laughs> That's from Some Like It Hot. Well, here's another gem for you. I got this one in seminary. When you're with a guy and you start to get those feelings that you start feeling but you shouldn't be feeling, you know those feelings that I mean? Yeah, I know. Well, just picture yourself all chopped up in little pieces. Gross. Exactly. Imagine that you're just a bunch of chopped up little pieces. Try to adding some worms. It works every time because you don't ever want to let that camel stick his foot <laughs> whoa, in whoa. the door. <laughs> In the door. Where are you, Randy, now? I know, exactly. Because the next thing, he puts his his leg and then his other leg and then his head and then his shoulders. And before you know it, he's all the way inside the tent. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, all the way inside the tent, and you're stuck outside in the scorching sun, just a bloody pile of pushed out, chopped up, worm infested body bits rotting away in the desert sun while, while a camel has pushed his way all the way inside your tent. You guys are totally what? sick. I think you're starting to get it. Did you guys never hear that camel story, the camel in the tent yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah well, it was just a weird... in first, yeah. yeah. It was just a weird like moment to choose yeah. to do that, just because it was ta- he was talking about her physical yeah. appearance, right, her body, like a... sexual desire, and yeah. then it's like, we camel in the, the tent. Yeah, doesn't that fit Dennis's character? 
Uh, I'm going to defend that choice. Tantra. So do you think that he knowingly said the camel tent thing as a sexual reference? Glenn knowingly said it. (laughs) I don't think Glenn did. I think he's just realizing it now. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) The the dentist line that comes out, like, just comes out of left field is, well, just picture yourself all chopped up into little pieces. I mean, what the fuck (laughs) did that come from? I've never heard of that. Oh, I heard that one. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Mm. All right. Okay, yeah. we're in, we're okay. Missionary apartment. Adams holds a small suitcase and stands near the door, munching on sunflower seeds and spitting out the shells. This will this will come up a little bit later on in a Hansel and Gretel type thing. Moore puts Can't the finishing wait. touches on four different letters and seals them into four separate envelopes. Okay, I know we're not supposed to leave the mission boundaries, but the way I see it. As long as we're spending the as as long as we're spreading the gospel along the way, we're not really doing anything wrong. God is God over the entire earth, right? Scott's Adam. not back yet. Oh, wow. how long has he been gone? Okay, we've got to take a it's big dump. Five minutes. Okay, I'll I'll do it. Probably even beyond. <laughs> I kind of like your Adams better. <laughs> exactly, Elder. We just have to keep working for those baptisms. So you with me? Adam stares at him blankly. Moore holds up the four letters. This is the key to our success. Four weeks worth of letters to the president. We give these to our landlady, ask her to mail them in each <laughs> we ask her to mail them in for each for us each week. The president reads them, sees that everything is going well, and no one will be the wiser. We good to go? A knock at the door. That must be her now. Adams opens the door. A Mexican landlady stands at the door. When Spanish is spoken, subtitles appear at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Por qué es? Which is what do you want? Housekeeping! <laughs> right. Just read the English. Mia bonita, señorita. Okay. Okay. My lovely woman, I wish to entrust... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> English with a Spanish accent. <laughs> okay. Right. Let's see if Tom can make it through this. Okay. I wish to entrust. I wish to entrust to your care the maintenance of, uh, of these four letters. Mail them for us while we are gone. Four weeks we will leave. Four weeks we will be living once each every week. We trust. <laughs> we trust in you to serve. Do you understand, poor for war? Yes, yes. You Mormon boys are crazy. <laughs> Muchas gracias. Okay, let's roll. Uh, inside the car, Sydney and Dennis drive to the airport. So here's the plan. I'm a flight attendant. Now we're talking. Don't get any ideas. I checked the flight load to Salt Lake, and there's no way I can get you on with a buddy pass, but I have another idea. Now I'll agree to bring you with me, but only if you promise to keep giving me these lessons. When I get there, I want to be Mormon. Totally want to be a Mormon. Work on that. So what exactly is this idea of yours? In the airport. So, wait, quick question. When she went to the airport, did she have to check in her camel toe? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Nelly. That came from Tom. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to sigh for him. Oh, jeez. 
I totally deserve that. Yeah. Okay. In the airport, Sydney stands outside of a man's bathroom. She's dressed in her flight attendant uniform and looks down at her watch and across at the security checkpoint where inspectors are laying passengers flat on their backs to be run through a full body X ray machine. Okay, this is a little over the top. At the end of the machine, a security inspector helps a businessman onto his feet and holds up the man's X ray. I remember when I had this idea. Oh, my gosh. We just moved into science fiction, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You're free to proceed to your gate, Mr. Johnson. He points to a white spot on the x-ray near Mr. Johnson's lungs. You might want to get this checked out on arrival. Oh, he's diagnosing uh, uh, lesions in the lungs. Yeah, I thought that was a really funny idea when I thought of it. It doesn't fit at all. No. I was hoping for like a hot wheels card in the rectum area. Yeah. <laughs> next that time. would have been funnier. Next time. Uh, Sydney looks again at her watch. Dennis comes out of the bathroom, dressed as a flamboyant male flight attendant. A bandana is tied around his neck. <laughs> Sorry, John. And his shirt is tied up at the midriff. <laughs> So is this your like gay caricature? I, yeah, I, exactly. So this is so you're not, you're not just you. I'm not, you're not just, just a the ladies yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm equal opportunity. Yeah. I yeah. worked for United Airlines for six years, so I've got all this like uh, airline oh, so stuff okay, going then. on here. No, yeah. no, it's just the bias that's coming are there, through. Are there black people in this? In this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yo, what's up, bro? <laughs> there was a black sheep. There was a black sheep. Yeah, there yeah. was a black sheep. How many stereotypes are you going to roll out in this thing? Just the Mexicans. Let's go. <laughs> what are you doing? Just want to make it look believable, honey. You're <laughs> so going to get us caught. Totally. You've got to practice that. I'm totally going to get us caught. Here, it's the best I could do. Sydney hands Dennis the security card of a funny-looking, obviously flamboyant male flight attendant named Randy High, which was the name of... Somebody I worked with. Dennis mimics the flamboyant expression. Oh, don't I look fabulous? In the boarding area, Dennis and Sydney oh approach my God, the this boarding is so area. It's really bad. <laughs> Catherine, a good-looking flight attendant, greets him at the gate. Dennis is clearly attracted to her, but does his best to maintain his flamboyant persona. Hi, at lady. least I Could didn't you... say he was same-sex attracted. <laughs> it wasn't invented. Then. Flamboyant. He's not, he's not, Bandana. Not, he's not same-sex attracted to her. She is a girl. No, 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 no. I, I called him a, fa- a flamboyant persona instead of a same-sex attracted fl- persona. Never mind. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. We'd like a jump start. <laughs> At least now she's from Jersey. <laughs> At least he's still from yeah the New York area. <laughs> that was totally Jersey. Yeah. You garbage. You garbage. <laughs> Excuse me. He means jump seat. It's just his little joke. Oh, great. We're shorthanded on this flight anyway. Do you mind helping out? Your every wish is my command. I'll keep that in mind. Catherine enters the plane. Dennis spins on his heels to follow. Sydney walks up beside him. You're totally going to get us caught. Dennis sets his sights on Catherine. Get down, girlfriend. I'm working. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, Jensen home at night. Remember the Jensen family? They're sitting around a huge dinner table. Well, Jack, we're very happy to have you with us. Before we eat, we would like to offer a blessing on the food, something you may be familiar with as grace. This isn't going to be one of those meet-the-parents things where you ask me to pray, is it? 
No, we would never do that. We want the blessing to actually take. Oh, James. But we do ask that you join us for prayer. Joseph, will you do us the honor? Yes, Dad. They all bow their heads and close their eyes. Jack follows suit. Number 47. Amen. Amen. Jack looks around, perplexed. Some of the younger Jensen children have difficulty stifling their smiles. You see, Jack, we have so many different prayers in our family, we just decided to number them to save time. (laughs) Are you serious? Rarely. They all laugh. Jack chuckles along along with them, although he clearly does not know what's so funny. All right, family, let's do it for real. Joseph? They all close their eyes and bow their heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for the food. Bless that I will nourish and strengthen our bodies and do us the good that we need. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I guess that means a little more than 47. What was that, dear? Nothing. Jack scoops out a big spoon of casserole. Janice hands him a dish of funny-looking green jello salad. Have some jello, Jack. <laughs> what? What? What's in it? Everything. <laughs> so, let's play the high-low game. Jenna, we'll start with you. What was your high today? <laughs> I lost my tooth, and I'm going to get some money tonight. Thank you, Jonas. <laughs> but it's not your friend. <laughs> Sorry, my wife just walked in right at that line, and she just busted out laughing. <laughs> no context or anything. <laughs> And what was your low? When they broke their heads off my Barbie. Oh, oh, I'll go check the desserts. Yeah, see, this this is like <laughs> my ex-wife would force dinner conversation by, let's do our highs and lows. What was your high for the day? What was your low for yeah. the day? So this was my way of like putting that under a microscope and going, I hate that. But anyway. <laughs> it doesn't come off like a critique, though. I, I had to be careful. You know, uh, so Janice rises and exits. Good. James, what about you? Well, it was weird, Dad. In seminary, we read a scripture that said wickedness never was happiness. That's right. It isn't. When I was reading later, I saw one that said that the Lord will not always allow the wicked to take happiness in their sins. So which one is it? Long pause. <laughs> so this is this is Glenn <laughs> contemplating a contradiction. So the doorbell rings, two missionaries enter. Elder Fry, a skinny California boy, and Elder Hale, a big Samoan. Oh yay. Oh wow. I don't know how to <laughs> <laughs> I hope we're not late. Over oh, on light. I can't do it. I don't know how to do a Samoan. Somebody give me a Samoan. I should have had Matt do that. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope we're not late. Dad, what are they doing here? I just thought it would be nice to have them over. Yeah, I know exactly what you thought. Jack, this is Elder Fry and Elder Halle. Hail. Oh, 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 that's great. That's priceless. God's absolutely right. Okay. <laughs> Good thing we're not in the South, eh, Sister Jensen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I inhale. Unfortunate, unfortunate, I can't. 
<laughs> it's just terrible. <laughs> Unfortunate pairing of names, but yes, we actually try to keep people from frying in hell. I, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> You, you should see what I was aiming for Different there. Accent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Janice, Janice wheels in a tray of a half a dozen different desserts. I'm sorry. This is all I could do in, such, in so short a time. Help yourselves, elders. Jill has the missionary right now, don't you, Jill? Not anymore. Thank you, Mom. You aren't going to marry Jared now. Please, Jenna. Oh, that's quite all right. I have a girlfriend back home myself. <laughs> Talk about a conversation stopper. I all eyes look at Jack. Well, ex-girlfriend, really? Yeah, Could well. you pass potatoes? So, what does your ex-girlfriend do? What doesn't she do? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Cam in the tent, baby. Oh, don't worry. She's not one of those. I mean, she could actually be... Wait, I mean, she could be, actually, for all I know. They do have quite a reputation, don't they? See, I, I, I don't know why I was playing with this flight attendants are all whores thing. I don't know. I had yeah. it in my mind. Sluts. Yeah. Just nothing but sluts. <laughs> Gay whores. Yeah. Gay whores. Yeah, male or women. Male or female. Yeah. How to get a layover with your flight attendant. Yeah. Right. My buddy ran into one in Cincinnati once. A real tiger. I could tell you some stories that would... Jack notices that all the Jensens are gaping at him. I did Jensens with apostrophe S. Leslie and Joseph are smiling. Sorry, she's furloughed now, actually. Flight attendants, you know. Janice used to be a flight attendant, didn't you, dear? (laughs) (laughs) She's a whore. Years ago, those were the days... <laughs> it reminds me of Catch Me If You Can. All the yeah. right. I hope, I hope I hope you're I hope you're getting um, uh, money, endorsement money for this. Ah, did you fly Delta? Morris Delta? Air until they were bought out by Southwest. They tried to make her wear shorts. In the world, but not of the world. Sometimes you have to draw the line and then have sex. Jesus. Nice. Wait, nice. who's Leslie? I see. One of the daughters. She's the, the she's the oldest she's the daughter. Black sheep. Yeah, before she's they black, decided on the J, J names. Okay. Yeah, it was right. before they came up with the J thing. Yeah. Can you move your camera down, Matt, so we don't just see the top of your head? <laughs> we just see Chris, Kristen walk by every now and then. Have some more Jello. So, elders, have you met Jill's friend from New York? Boyfriend, dad. Jack is interested in learning more about the church. Aren't you, Jack? No, he's not. Well, he's interested in you, isn't he? Elder Hale pulls up a chair and sits right in Jack's face. He pulls out a manual and begins to read. You know, Jack, like many other people, we believe in God. That's oh, good. I remember that line. <laughs> That's like the first line of the first the part first of the first, first discussion. discussion. Yeah. Yes. That's how you say that in really? Korean. <laughs> same in, same Bulgarian. I can never forget it. Povechito chora vjaru v nejakovo vishe sushesvo. Vupreki chego narichet po razlichni imena. It's just like the first thing you learn is in the MTC. Yeah, that line. In, in English, it's most people believe in a supreme being. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, well, how, how's the rest of the most a real vision, Randy? <laughs> yeah, not Tempe, fucking Arizona. <laughs> It's your, uh, line. it's your line, uh, Andy. You can't take this. I can't take this. 
in the bedroom, Jack enters holding a blanket and a pillow. Janice guides uh, Jonas to his bed and points to a spare bed in the corner. You can sleep in here with Jonas. Take the spare bed by the window. Uh, thanks. Jonas picks a little tooth fairy pillow from the bed. It's camouflaged with spiders and fire trucks patches all over it, and a somewhat girly-looking barefooted tooth fairy in the middle of the pillow with a wand pointing to a pouch for lost teeth. <laughs> a lot of details about the tooth fairy pillow. What's this? It's your tooth fairy pillow. I don't want it. But I made it with camouflage like you wanted. I don't want it. But I put on the spiders and the fire trucks like you asked. Look at that tooth fairy. That's not my tooth fairy. My tooth fairy wears boots. <laughs> chuckles as he spreads the blanket across the spare bed. Uh, his, his tooth fairy is is like uh, Butch. Well, I don't. That was an actual exchange that came from somewhere. I don't know that. I don't remember where, but that was word for word. All right, time for prayers. Jonas kneels down. Jack, unsure how to respond, simply stands there and watches. Heavenly Father, thank you for my day today, and thank you that I lost a tooth, and that I get to get some money, even though I have to use this dumb pillow, and thank you that Jill's famous friend could visit, and thank you he could sleep in my room. Bless him to have fun here. Jack smiles. <laughs> in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You really, you really have a, a strong feelings about prayer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think what I was doing with these wrote these wrote prayers, yeah, yeah, or, I, yeah, right. or just really like self-serving prayers, yeah, uh, yeah. and really trivial prayers, yeah, yeah. Um, just get it done, yeah. No, that's, that's number forty-two. Well, that was that was a, a joke because I was doing my dissertation on Mormon humor, and that was one of the jokes that was in the. The, the collection that I had, so I put it in there. Uh, so in, in the Jensen kitchen, it's the next morning. Jerry wears reading glasses and sits alone at the table. He's reading through a thick script. Jack and Jill enter. Jack sits. Jill pours him a bowl of cereal. Hang on. I'll be right back. Why would anybody watch this this far? I don't know. It's really... Jill... <laughs> yeah, well, you, why would anyone listen to it? Yeah, Just, right? No. Yeah, the thing is, though, Glenn, you, you're offending all of the believers, and you're boring all of the non-believers. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, this is the perfect illustration of what Jesus meant when he was talking about lukewarm. You know, get get yeah. off of the fence, be one or the other. You know, uh, th- this is what happens when Anam writes a script. About Mormons. <laughs> so Jill kisses Jack on the top of his head and exits. Jenna enters and sits across from Jack. Jerry looks up from his reading. Ah, Jack, my boy. Just the man I was hoping to see. I trust you had a good sleep? Uh, oh, a, a great sleep. Thanks. Well, I have some terrific news for you. I think you're going to be absolutely thrilled. What is it? Every year, I put on a special Christmas play for our local stake. That's a big unit of several different Mormon congregations. Something you might know as a diocese. So I put on this play every year, and it's a musical, actually. I write it, and I direct it, and I produce it, and yes, I star in it, too. Been doing it for years. The whole family has. It's a big hit, actually. Everyone says so. It's their opinion. Well, since you are sharing Christmas with the Jensen family this year, I'd like you to be involved. Uh, What type of play is it? It's a nativity play. Jack, you are familiar with the story of the birth of Jesus Christ? 
Sure. New star, manger, wise men, I know it. That's right. Very good, Jack. But there's more to that story than I think you know. He came to America. (laughs) Well, yes, eventually he did. But, Jack, did you know that the birth of Christ was revealed to prophets hundreds of years before it actually happened? Prophets right here on this American continent. Right here? Well, maybe not exactly here, but somewhere on the American continent, somewhere down in Mexico, probably. Jerry nods to Jenna, who nods to someone in the other room, who on cue tosses a Book of Mormon to Jenna. She hands it to Jerry. It's true. That's what we learned from the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. Okay. Jill enters and sees Jerry holding the Book of Mormon out to Jack. Dad, what are you doing? This book tells of a group of Israelites who left Jerusalem in 600 B.C. They came to the American continent, their promised land, and became a mighty people before God. Dad, is this really the time? And our Christmas play tells the story of the first Christmas among these people in America. Tell him about Joseph Smith. Tell him, tell him. (laughs) (laughs) Bob. I like that one. No, don't. Look. What is this about? Your dad wants me to be in his play. You can't be serious. No, it's okay. I'll do it. Fantastic. I just have the part in mind. I just need to write it in for you, and we'll be good to go in no time. Hopefully it's Jesus. Write Jesus in this play. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be saved. I I don't know about this. Trust me, honey. I've given this a lot of thought. You'll absolutely love it. He's given it a lot of thought. Okay, we're back in Mexico. <laughs> no, uh, no, I forgot about Mexico. Yeah, no. Moore and Adams wait at a real bus stop. Uh, Moore silently rehearses his missionary discussions. Adam stares off blankly into the distance, deep in thought. He munches on his sunflower seeds once again, playing with the shells in his teeth and spitting them to the ground. Mormon. Mo, mo. Mormon Mowerman. What are you doing? Mo Mo. You know, that's what they should call Salt Lake. What's that? Motown. <laughs> what? Temple marriage should be monogamy. Uh-huh. And Motel, one of those bishops interviews, the thing where you just confess everything. This is where Elder Moore puts a gun in his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Adams is a very different dude, like kind of before. Yeah, right. Yeah, Adams. And now he's like just doing these weird wordplay. It's total non sequitur. One doesn't have anything to do with the other. It's really messing up my method acting, too. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's where you You went. (laughs) Scott was gone for a while. He had to go to 7 Eleven. And get some sunflower seeds. Adam, Daniel yeah. Day Rowley. Yeah. Adams has really been four different people. He's been recast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the bus comes, the bus driver scowls at them. They get on and take a seat. Mo, Mo. Mormon girls could be like Mo lasses. You can talk about the 2000 Winter Olympics. You stop it already. Look at that guy over there. A big, mean-looking Mexican guy. Of course. <laughs> sure. sits, look at that Mexican one. Did you even... He yeah. sits with a cage of chickens on his lap. Come on. That, that really happens in movies. I think he's the yeah. one. Just remember, as long as we're teaching, we're golden. All right? I'm going in. 
Moses. Can I do anything with Moses? Morality. Hello, I'm Elder Moore, and this is my companion, Les. We're here to teach you about the true and living gospel. Then one of us can baptize you. Whichever you want, more or less. Dude, this is bad. (laughs) Moore gives a faint smile. He gets a scowl in return. Uh, What about the Mexican? I don't think that joke could work in Espanol. <laughs> Hola, yo soy, yo soy más y mi amigo menos. Más <laughs> o menos. Más o menos. Okay, so we're in the car uh, with Jack and Jill. Jill drives, Jack sitting next to her. They're dressed in their Sunday best. So, you sure you're okay about coming to church? You don't have to, you know. Well, it's been a while, actually. But it's a good time of year for it. Besides, I can tell your family really wants me to go. I'd feel kind of weird if I didn't. Well, I, I love that we can see John's face when he reads the role. Like, he's totally picked up on, Jack is just a cool, easygoing, whatever guy, you know? Yeah, whatever. Hey, I'm cool, man. I'm cool. Unlike you Mormons, I'm cool. Well, it will be good for people to get a chance to meet you. I know Dad is going to want to bring you to rehearsals this week. Right. So what is this play about, anyway? The first Christmas in America? What, is, what does that mean? <laughs> it's... Crazy bullshit. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Well, you know how we have the Book of Mormon? It tells the story of a group of Israelites who left Jerusalem 600 years before Christ. God led them across the sea into the Americas where they grew and had prophets like in the Old Testament. The crowning point of the Book of Mormon is when Christ visits them in the Americas after the resurrection. Man, this line. Okay. So wouldn't that be the story of the first Easter in America? I'm really thinking of that kind of thing, considering I'm a real Christian over yeah, here. I got you, Mormons. I've yeah. been really thinking about this stuff. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> first Easter in America? Well, it's not about when he actually visits. It's about the signs of his birth in Bethlehem and how the people over here reacted to it. Mm. Why is it called the Book of Mormon? It's the name of the guy who put all the records together. Like a thousand years after the first group came over, they split in two main groups, the Nephites and the Lamanites. The followers of Nephi, who were generally righteous, and the followers of Laman, who were generally not. (laughs) Generally not. <laughs> I can hear, I can hear that nom language making it into generally righteous, generally not. Like the way that you're describing, you're really converting everyone here. Right, oh yeah, the way you're describing the Book of Mormon is like definitely in those. Oh, this is my progressive, like nuanced thing. Not all the Lamanites are bad. <laughs> They weren't all loathsome. <laughs> all right. They were generally dark somewhere. Where should I pick up? They they had a lot of history between them. Okay, that's right where I started cackling. All right. <clears throat> they had a lot of history between them and Mormon <laughs> Stop! Who's laughing? Who's laughing? <laughs> 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 They 
had a lot of history between them, and Mormon compiled it all into one record. Mormon compiled it into all one record. This is like uh, it's just the questions that J- that Jack's asking at this point. Like, well, how can Shamwell help me in my right. Re- <laughs> yes. uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but does New Skin give you a really vibrant sheen? Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't forget about Nani Juice. Yeah. All right. All right. Go ahead. Mormon. <laughs> It's always sounded so strange to me, like Quakers or Mennonites or something. Well, we are pretty strange. Maybe, but strange isn't always bad. Aw. <laughs> He's still wanting, hoping to get some. Um, <laughs> I just want inside the foyer. Uh, in, a swarm of, oh, foyer. in a swarm <laughs> of social activity, Jill shakes people's hands and introduces them to Jack. Jack observes the whole meet and greet with amused bewilderment. Hello, Brother Begley. This is Jack Harding. He's visiting from New York. He's doing Dad's play with us. Brother Begley gives Jack a firm handshake. Brother Harding, Brother Begley, very good to meet you. Brother Begley grabs a man in the crowd by uh, the arm. Brother Bear, have you met Brother Harding? He's He's visiting Sister Jensen from New York. He's doing Brother Jensen's play with us. Brother Bear gives Jack a firm handshake. Brother Begley nods approvingly. Brother Harding, Brother Bear, Sister Jensen. Brother Bear grabs a passing woman by the arm. Sister, sister, say hello to Brother Harding. He's doing Brother Jensen's play with us. He's visiting from New York. Sister, sister shakes Jack's hand as vigorously as the men. Brother Harding. Did, did sister, sister. I don't know. It's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> I'm hoping this is the low point, the lowest point. It's, yeah, it's going to pick up from here. Yeah. Dude, we're digging now. <laughs> sister, uh, you know, sister. She pulls a man over by the arm. This is my husband. Brother, sister. (laughs) I don't know if it's just that I'm punch drunk or what. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Okay, so... Jack sits on the outside of the bench. Jill sit, uh, sits next to him, holding his hand. The bishop, and, and I'm going to request kind of an Oaks-type voice for the bishop here, Bob. The bishop stands at the podium before the con- congregation. Please indicate by the raise of the right hand. <laughs> <laughs> now it's picked up. That's, that's how you get out of a hole. I can never get enough of Bob's folks, man. <laughs> the congregation raises their hands in unison. Jack looks perplexed. Please indicate by the appropriate sign. The congregation again raises their hand, right hands in unison. Jack looks around timidly. Please indicate. <laughs> the congregation raises their hand in unison. Jack halfway sticks his hand up in the air. And he opposed by the same sign. Quite expecting to be part of the crowd this time, Jack raises his hand high in the air. It's a sight gag for Mormons, you see. He's the only one. All eyes turn towards him. Embarrassed, he smiles and sinks lower into the seat. Oh, how embarrassing. The congregation sings the church hymn. Jack holds the hymn book with Jill and does his best to keep up. And then upon the cross, he meekly died, but dying brought new birth, blah, blah, blah. The song ends, and everyone in the congregation bows their head. In unison, Jack looks around confused, so confused. His eyes dart up to the front of the chapel as he hears the deafening feedback from a microphone and the thump of it bumping against someone's <laughs> leg. A young 16-year-old priest, thanks, Bob, kneels at the side like- of the table and begins the blessing. 
Oh God, the Eternal Father, we ask Thee in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all those who drink it, of it. Oh, Pause. God. Jack opens his eyes and looks around. The priest begins again. Oh God, the Eternal Father, we ask Thee in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all those who partake of it, that they may drink it in. Yes, he keeps saying drink. Did you think? Did you think? I mean, did you think this was gonna make it into make your movie? it? This was yeah. for me, dude. <laughs> what? It was, just, it was just for me. Hey, I, I, this whole sequence, I would love to see a depiction of this because there's, yeah. I mean, the, the, like the cloud of awkwardness oh, when so somebody awkward. has to do it over and over and over. I would love to see this. Thank you, Jake. Uh, people in the congregation are chuckling. The priest begins again. Oh God, the Eternal Father. We ask thee in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this water to the souls of all those who partake of it, that they may... Oh, God, the Eternal Father. And then we cut to another scene. That they may always witness unto them... Oh, God, the Eternal... Cut to... I'm already awkward. They may keep his commandments to to be with them always... We could work on. I, I'm thinking. the eternal cut uh, to one nation under God, indivisible. <laughs> cut to always be with them. Amen. <laughs> See, that was a good scene. I that freaking love that, that scene. Was good. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't patient to get to the punchline. That was pretty good. All right. The embarrassed priest looks up at the bishop for approval. The bishop nods. Uh, instead, to two young adult leaders in the back, they approach the sacrament table, take the priest by each arm, and escort him from the room. <laughs> the bishop nods again to the priest advisor, who nods back. Jack, Jack looks utterly confused. I have them escorted That's from the awesome. room. Okay, the deacon stands beside Jack, who has his head down. The deacon places the nearly empty bread tray in front of him. Jack lifts his head, pulls a dollar bill from his wallet, and places it in the tray. This this, this, this happened once in somebody visiting my ward that put that in there. Anyway, Jack, we don't do that here. What? No pass-along trays. Joseph leans over Jill and hands Jack a small card with a picture of golden plates on it. We pass along cards. Jerry leans over Joseph and whispers to Jack. This is what we call the sacrament, what you might know as communion. (laughs) Only members of the church who have been baptized partake. You don't need to do it. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's building on common beliefs. Uh, Jack turns around to take. Yeah, he is. You're right. Hey, he turns around to take the dollar back to the tray, but sees that it's gone. He looks on the ground, then up at the face of the deacon, who's looking around, biting his bottom lip as if to say, "Dollar? What dollar?" Okay. All right. Beef. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to. Since we are just one week away from the beloved birth of our most beloved and loving Savior, Jesus Christ. I thought this would be an excellent opportunity to invite those of you who feel moved upon by the Spirit to come forward and share your testimonies with the congregation. Leslie and Jill you know, exchange a word no, of luck. Sorry, it's just so awesome to see Bob's face when he does, <laughs> he does the other right. <laughs> Yeah. 
know, it's like it's all the pretentiousness and like pompousness that I imagine that, that that's going on like when I hear it, but I get to see it at the same time. It's and, and I want to perfect my cadence and pompous to match. Like it felt like only eighty percent Oaks, but <laughs> hey, you're, well, you're, that was you're only good. one take. Yeah. Okay, so Leslie and Jill are worried that they're going to testimonies. Oh no! A sci-fi guy with oversized glasses stands behind the podium. The guy from The Simpsons? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it's it is also true for Star Wars in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Good job. Oh, comic book Sorry. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Worst oh, guy. episode ever. Who, who has a master's degree in folklore, by the way. <laughs> that, they, they wrote that into The they Simpsons. Wrote that in? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's right. sci-fi guy? Tom is. And it's also true for Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, Gandalf, you know it's all so evident. The ring is like our souls. And the force, I mean, come on. Light side, dark side, it's got to be true. In Tom's face, nice. when he talks. <laughs> uh, you missed Gandalf. How did you misspell Gandalf? Oh, sorry. <sighs> is, it, is it an A instead of an O? As a yeah. so. Right. It's even Sorry. spell correct. Okay. Uh, an earnest woman stands behind the podium. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> oh, okay. I recently <laughs> went to my husband's woman. softball game and I noticed he was stuck on the bench. He was miserable. So I bowed my head and I said, Lord, please bless him that he'll get into the game. No sooner did I say amen. Then the batter hit on out to left field. He rounded the first with all his might and slid right into the second baseman, breaking his leg in three places. <laughs> it was all twisted and gangly. Like this! You sound like an <laughs> Irish immigrant woman. That's what he's doing. He's doing kind, of a Boston, kind of a Irish-Boston hybrid. Well, my husband was able to come in and replace him. But I felt awful for what I had done. <laughs> so, brothers and sisters, be careful what you wish for. Pray for. He, he pray never. For. That's he the said whole point wish it, every time. He said wish every time pray. he saw pray. <laughs> and they'll never take away our freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a real talk I heard once. Uh, mixed expressions from the congregation. Some give blank stares. Some are teary-eyed. Heads nodding. One guy's asleep and drooling. Cut to a teenage cheer girl stands behind the podium. So, like, I was in Tokyo for the Junior World Championships of Cheer, and we totally won. And I was, like, totally hungry. And so I'm like, I'm not eating raw fish. So I saw this McDonald's, and I went in and looked at the menu, and the table's in the picture of Ronald with his arms outstretched. And I was, I was so... She gets teary and grabs several handkerchiefs from the Kleenex box in front of her. Her tissues. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> Church. It's just so the 
<laughs> Wait, there it is. So, the, so the, these are these are the these are the cutting edge uh, uh, yeah. criticisms of Mormon yeah. of, of Mormon uh, you know society or culture that you're making, right, Glenn? Yeah. It's like it's all like McDonald's, like right. Ooh, like this is your yeah. edgy, right? Edginess. This is my edginess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which again came from like a real experience that that uh, yeah, people saying that. Um, cut to uh, a recently returned missionary standing behind the podium. Who's the returned missionary? Did I not get... I might not have given that one. It's Glenn. All right. Glenn! I, one thing that is so important <laughs> is that we don't judge other people. Like this guy I know, he's Lutheran, and he's so judgmental. I try to set a good example for him, show him to be right when he's wrong... But he's just so judgmental. Everything is black and white for him. He's never going to change. He went went on the high seas mission. Yeah. Cut to a skinny, deranged man with huge white eyes and overalls. Standing behind the podium, he stares methodically at every face in the congregation. The bishop and his two counselors sit beside him with very nervous looks on their faces. Who's the deranged man? Is that me? It's John. Buy boats! I've seen the days ahead. An angel showed me in a dream. This world is ten times more wickeder than in all them days of Noah. Buy boats! Everyone must buy boats. There's a little Elder Jensen in there. Uh, And then cut to... And I know... It's true. I know. It's true. I know. I know. I know. With every fiber of my being beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's true. Oh, Glenn. So this is like your like punch, like your little jab at uh, how Mormons know. Certainty. Your feelings. Yeah. Because right. yeah. right. certainty isn't, epistemologically, certainty is an emotion. It's not rational. And it seems like you're kind of like instinctively coming a, coming to an awareness of this. Oh, I was very, very aware <laughs> and very critical of it, but also kind of critical of myself being so critical, you know, which is why the returned missionary was pointing fingers at the Lutheran, where one was point, pointing at the Lutheran right. and the other four pointing back at himself, you know. So that, that was my own recognition that I'm being very judgmental of the culture that I think is very judgmental, you know. So, it, you know, it, it was just, it was all that. It was a lot of things that were in there that I was just critiquing and the, the I know. I mean, so here, here's here's a story and we can end on this. My, my ex-wife at one point used to commiserate with me on this because we both hated the, the that certainty, that language of I know, I know. And she actually got up and gave a testimony once where she said, you know, I, I don't know. And I don't think that any of you do either. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like people say that they know and I just don't That's believe it. them. You know, it was really brazen. Mm-hmm. And the bishop pulled me into his office afterwards. Not her, you. Me. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Get, a, get a hold of your woman. Yeah. Right. Well, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't so much that he was telling me to get her under control, that he was afraid that I was being a bad influence on her. And told me that, uh, you know, people that approach the church the way that I do with questions, because I was, this is in my Nate Sharp, Aggieland Smackdown author, you know, mode. I could have been him at this point, kind of, except I was much more critical of the church than he he appeared to be. But Way um, more. Yeah. But um, he said, you've got to be careful. 
because not everybody's able to carry the weight of doubt like you do. And so it's really just a lonely life. You're just really looking at a very lonely life in the church where you need to keep quiet so you don't uh, keep other people down. So, Wow. That's kind of a... No, but it makes you, it sort of made you feel special though, right? Like it's not everyone's like you, Glenn, you, you can handle these things, but, uh, just know that you have to keep it inside your secret power. Yeah. Right. No, no, it it was, it was, it was like a, a very, uh, manipulative way of putting, putting me in my place kind of, and making me feel like that place was special. Well, and also was pretty pragmatic. You know, he was, it was almost like he was intuiting, uh, a way to help you survive and navigate this world with the with your your nature. Yeah. So we can we can pick up here another time. But but this next scene is when Matt the Terminator is set after the you know on the trail. So anyway, we'll we'll, cool. we'll get to it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, what do you guys think? Is this even going to be interesting for people to listen to, or is it not? Well, well what are we going to do? Mean, with I, I, are we going to publish? I mean, we're not going to publish this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that answers the question. <laughs> Scott, man, that was mean. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm just. What, what format? I mean, what, what? So, what did you want to do with? What do you want to do with? I it? wanted to to be a smackdown. Where we're, okay. like, where we're smacking down this. Well, we this is, I mean, the thing this, is, right? yeah. Yeah, we, we have been. I mean, That's the fact fine. of the matter is that this is going to take four hours. Yeah. Yeah, this is a two-part recording session for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's Unless great. we all just record our parts separately and you mix them. No, 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 because no, 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 then no. it's not a smackdown if you don't. It right? Be no, funny at all. It, it has it has to like have all of the commentary. Okay, so but, my, my question is this: okay, so with with smackdowns, traditionally they've been most effective when they've been on a common text, on a text that people are familiar with. So if we're doing a smackdown on an unknown text, a text that nobody's familiar with, I mean, are you planning on publishing this at the same time? No. It's not. I don't think it. We shouldn't be thinking of it as SmackDown, but rather, but the point okay. of it is, is we're not performing it. This is why, actually, I I didn't wasn't able to use the like the Battlestar and Fantica thing because I actually thought actually if we do the live reading, then you could we could make fun of it while we're taught where we're doing it. Whereas if you just record your own part, we we can't right. So. Right. right. Yeah, and and to me, like what the 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 appeal of it is that we're not just smacking down other people's stuff, but we'll smack down ourselves and we can smack down something that I wrote 12 years ago when I still had one foot in and one foot out. And that is clearly really, really bad. And you can see like, like to, to me, it's interesting to look back at this and to, to get back in that mindset and go, Holy cow. Yeah. Like, like okay. I inhabited that. So then that's fine. So, so that's a different concept than what I was thinking that we were, than what I was thinking that we were doing. Okay. So what were okay. you thinking? Okay. I just thought we were, I thought we were reading it, and then I didn't know what the purpose of of reading it was. I didn't yeah. know. I, I didn't have that vision in mind for no, it. No. So. Yeah. I mean, like for for me, I, I I remembered that scene in the office when they found Michael Scarn's screenplay, right, and they like right. pulled it out, and they're just like just right. skewering it. And I thought, oh man, I've got something that we could do that with that is very Mormon, you know. But it, it's like my way of trying to uh, critique Mormonism at the time. You know, so you see like right. all these little like really right. mild critiques that aren't right. real critiques, you know, like the, baby step, toe in the water yeah, critiques. Basi- basically cultural critiques right. is, is right. what I see. Uh, like, where were you 
I mean, if just just for give me like a fifteen second summary of, of where you think you were at that time, as far as belief in the Book of Mormon, Book of Abraham. Um, that that stuff hadn't really crossed my radar yet. Like like okay. uh, so, I I totally still was in the yeah. These are legit. You know, it, it like I hadn't even questioned them yet. So you just really kind of uh, graded against uh, the cultural a lot of the culture. idiosyncrasies. Yeah, because I because I was I had already gone through eight years of graduate school maybe at this point I guess from from ninety six to two thousand two two thousand three when I wrote this you know I was towards the end of a of a, a PhD in folklore and I had spent a lot of time focusing on Mormon culture and Mormon folklore so that there was there was a lot of that that was in here. Mm. But um, yeah, and, and so, but but there, there's just a lot of my life and experiences that I put into this thing, you know. Like I, Jonas is my son who had just been born, you know, or maybe maybe he was born in 2004. So you don't maybe know your son's birthday? No, he was it was born in 2004. So yeah, you not, named your son after this character? No, I, I think <laughs> I think I think I went back and I, I added him in later versions of it is what happened. But I don't know. I don't know now because I, there are a couple of things in here. Like there's something about a tooth fairy pillow that I think is a real exchange that my kids had. So, you know, there's there's little things like that that I was just playing with. Just like looking at myself and putting myself under a microscope in this way. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just but, it's just hard to read. The thing I think is also, though, interesting, though, is that <clears throat> so many ex-Mormons, when you get out for a certain amount of time, you, you all of the... You, you forget where you were. The transition. Yeah, but you yeah. forget all of where you were in the past, and so you remember. Because totally. we always have, the, t- we always have the, the different narratives that are inside of us. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, the one is the dominant one, and then you eliminate the, the other one. And so when you go back and you see these artifacts, you see you were in a really different place than you even remember, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, like, one of the biggest components <coughs> of memory is what's going on in your life today colors your memory of yesteryear and and so that's why it's so that's why i just never trust what i you know when, when i try to when people ask me okay so where were you in 2007 uh, i don't i fucking don't know <laughs> uh, yeah yeah and 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 like when, when i said you know I, I don't know like when i said you know did you intend to write this as this you know the 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 fam the jensen family is being that Sexist right, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. In saying that, like I know a dozen Mormon families that I interact with regularly, where the the dynamic between between the parents is very similar to that. Yeah. Where the you know like when something like that happens, you know the man speaks almost ex- the whole time, and if the woman speaks, it's only in context of like the kids. And so I, I think this is an, uh, an interesting. We're having a good time. I'm having a blast, like reading it, and, and it's just a, it's it's a, it's a lot of fun. But the, I mean, it, well, you get to play the New York pervert poser, right? That's all. <laughs> You're doing a great job. Well, see, um, I, I, there, but, but, there was an experience. Oh, go ahead, Jake. Well, I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's it's actually been good to. It's been interesting to kind of harken back into that the Mormon notions of humor and just the Mormon mentality because when we were re- when we were talking about the Boise rescue and, and recording that that episode while right. I was editing it I realized how far away from that I'd gotten yeah and this so this this has been interesting to me 
this has been an interesting exercise to me for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, like I, at, at some, some point around this time, and it was maybe 2001, 2002, I, I went to a seminar um, at St. At John's in Queens for three weeks that was sponsored by Notre Dame Creative Writing Program. It was called Faith and Fiction. And I, I don't think I started writing this there, but I remember there, you know, I was the only Mormon that was there. And there was this one woman from Canada that was really hostile towards me because of the priesthood question, you know, and she's just like, how could you support this church when, you know, you don't allow women to have the priesthood? And I was so defensive. I'm like, no, I'm not sexist because our, our, it's everything that you hear today when people justify why, oh, the women are fine. You know, it's the gilded cage stuff that we've, we've talked about before. And that, that was totally my mindset. Mm-hmm. So I know that that exchange and that friction that I had with her stuck with me. And, and I, can, I can see traces of it in here where I thought by making Jill like kind of the main character in a way that I'm this very progressive Mormon guy because, you know, I, I'm, I'm focusing on a female, but I go back and I look at it now and I'm like, you know, no, not even close. Right. Not even yeah, close. But if you contextualize it, yeah, you were, uh, for where you were probably in comparison to other people, maybe, but it just like, I had no clue cause I had never really sat down and thought about it or actually listened to real women. You know, I mean, and, and to, to have that be something that was informing me. So, yeah, but, I mean, I, I look at, the, I was maybe 30, 31 years old, and I'm just embarrassed because I do feel like I was a, like, retarded development, uh, still kind of a teenager in a lot of ways. Hear that, Jake? <laughs> uh, that was me. Wait, why but, me? Because you're younger I'm, than 31. I'm 32, and I know you're younger than me, that's why. Oh, oh, I was just saying, I was saying Matt's the one that said retarded. <laughs> People you love will turn their backs on you. You'll lose your hair, your teeth, your knife will fall out of its sheath. But you still don't like to leave before the end of the movie. Hi, this is Chad from Orem, Utah, and I have met one of the three Nephites. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the Quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. Anybody for the closing prayer? don't like to leave before the end of the movie. No, you still don't like to leave before the end of the show. Is that, what, is, is that what you're going for, Jake? No, no, I was trying to go for like Antonio Banderas. Yeah, I was, oh, think, okay. I was kind of thinking like a like a Spanish college student or something. Has, who's played Grand Theft Auto Five? Me, <laughs> right here. One of the, the one of the radio stations. Is, they have like <laughs> the guy. Remember the guy yeah, who's the yeah, radio talk host, and they're like, "There's no more touching the ladies because <laughs> the lawsuits happen." But Antonio will stop. Uh, anyway, so he always talks about himself in the third person, and he's like yeah, this, yeah. this serial like uh, sexual harasser. Anyway, so that was kind of what I was trying to go. For. Yeah, nerd. <laughs> and and almost as offensive as saying the word retarded. Oh so, right! Which really there. we should all we should is all retarded, is retarded is yeah. retarded or is fucktard more offensive than retard? I think it's <laughs> funnier. I laugh more when I hear it. <laughs> you know, I, I 
that's the one word that I just can't. I Buck can't tart? embrace this. No, no, no. Retard is being <laughs> know, a, a true pejorative because it actually means what I'm trying to say, which is is uh, not delayed or delayed or somehow deficient. Underdeveloped. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, underdeveloped. I, I mean that. I, yeah. I don't mean it by you're retarded like, you know, those retarded kids at school. Yeah. I mean, you're plot <laughs> or you're... <laughs> you just used it to describe <laughs> the people you're saying you don't mean. <laughs> Oh, you've heard the mic you really have it. Your, your apologetic has fallen short, man. <laughs> I'm not talking about those retards with Down syndrome. <laughs> retards. I'm talking... <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you've seen the, you've seen the office. office you got your back, <laughs> Michael Scott. And he says, "You don't, you don't call retarded people retards. It's bad taste." You call your friends retards when they're acting retarded. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 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 <laughs>